This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only, on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A very good evening uh, to everyone joining us uh, tonight. This will be the last extra time of 2023. What an eventful year it has been in so, so many ways. Uh, All the fans and pundits coming on tonight, uh, we're going to be asking them um, about the year 2023, of course, and uh, how they feel it's gone for Wolves, any things that stand out. Uh, But we're also, of course, uh, full of festive joy, as the title says, as Wolves fans, two games and two victories over the Christmas period so far. A fantastic 2-1 victory over Chelsea at Molyneux. Uh, on Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, the first time a match has been played in the Premier League on the Christmas Eve since 1995. And would you believe the first match Wolves have played on Christmas Eve since 1996? And Chelsea had never won a game on Christmas Eve away from home. And that trend continues. And then, of course, uh, Wolves, again, having to go to the capital to uh, face another London team, this time in Brentford. And finally, at the 15th attempt, we get those three points. And what a game that was last night as well. Uh, Absolutely fantastic. We're going to be joined by some fans that were there last night. Obviously, I didn't go down. Uh, I chose that one uh, not to go as I'm going to the FA Cup one. Um, And it was an incredible game. Before we get started, I do want to say a massive thank you uh, to the team at Creation Wall for powering extra time. They deliver the industry's latest and most advanced digital solutions. So if you've got a company or any type of brand, they'll take your online presence and digital capabilities to the next level. The link's in the description below. They've got an absolutely wonderful website, uh, Creation Wolf, which you can go on and have a look. Tells you all about them. Um, and they basically, if you go and click on the link, 
they can do social media management, they can help you with your SEO, and they do everything else in between. They're local company, they're absolutely fantastic, and uh, we're really grateful for their support on the channel. Um, so yeah, so without any further ado, let's bring, we have got an array of fantastic guests tonight. But first off, we're going to bring on my good friend, who I've still got to play at tennis again at some point um, in the next hopefully couple of weeks before he starts getting into serious training for the marathon again. How you doing, mate? How's how you I'm, doing, Manny? I'm doing great. It's not like tennis weather at the moment. Is it? Mind you, we've played in weather like this before. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Me and Manny, this is a full fact because we're literally hardcore tennis players. It's no word of a lie. We've played in 40 degrees. We've yeah. played in howling gales. We've played in trench played with ice on the court. <laughs> we're hardcore. We're, you know, we got we turn up and there's no one else. There's six courts at West Park, and we're thinking we we're all. no one else is playing today, but we're there battling the elements, ain't we, mate? Yeah, it's been a long time, mate. Hopefully, when the weather starts getting better, and we'll, we'll get a few games in for yeah, sure. I need to get my my ticker going as well, and. Uh, Mate, obviously, you were there last night. Um, yeah. Fantastic away support. I'm going to bring on someone else now that was there with you. Hi, Jack. Evening, Dave. Evening, everyone. You were there as as well last night for what, what was an incredibly memorable performance. Now, I know you're a little bit under the weather. Um, yeah. So I've got a little bit of a cold, so I'm grateful <coughs> for coming on. Uh, so if you hear any little coughing and spluttering, that's just Jack getting <laughs> over this bug that he's... Uh, but you're not back up because you're a teacher. You're not back at work till the night, so you got a bit of time yet, mate. Bit of time, yeah. And no even though you were, <laughs> even though you were sick yesterday, you still went down, mate. Absolutely, yeah. And that, <laughs> it takes more than that to stop that. me, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. glad I went in the end. Um, well, yeah, absolutely yeah. incredible. And at the end of the first half, for the first half of the show, we are joined by Hoops. Hello, Flo. Hello. <laughs> you got some and sense on the channel at last. Exactly. We, and we see in the background, there he is with a beautiful <laughs> beaming smile. Howl has got on, and he's got his. He's got his. If you're not, if you listen to this on podcast, he's a nice little Santa hat on there. He's got a little yeah. Christmas card. He looks happy, mate. He does, he does. We're all happy, but yeah, I think, thought I'd bring Flo along because we're in the midst of the uh, the Christmas period. So um, she wanted to come on. She watches back a lot of the um, the shows, don't you? So yeah. um, I thought I'd bring her on as a special festive edition. And and Howell is there in the background. New, new generation trained up, you know. When we're well, exactly, right. <laughs> exactly right. So Flo, it's absolutely fantastic for you to join today. Hopefully, you'll be able to help your dad a little bit later with the quiz because he generally doesn't know do that yeah. well. In that. <laughs> you, do, you, do, you do all right, actually. Uh, but at the end of every half of the show, we always have the little quiz for a bit of fun, the penalty shootout quiz. And Flo, will you help your dad out with that? Yes. Absolutely. Well and if you got, and if you do need a, a, to ring a friend, you've got Howler behind you. Manny, let's get stuck in, mate. Yeah, let's man. just talk about Chelsea. Let's talk about Brentford. We talked about running up to the game beforehand and starting slow and needing to start with a little bit more energy, score first and mm. coming out. It's all changed, hasn't it? It's like there's a, a, a this. It's all started to click into gear. 
what's what 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 what's caused that? What is it just a matter of it clicking into gear? Is it the way we started? Is it Gary O'Neill learning more about his players? What was mm. it, mate? I think you know um, uh, that West Ham game. Um, we we were on a decent run. We had a two home games where we were a little bit turgid, but we got points. We got four points, um, but we weren't really happy with the way we played. He decides to change it a little bit, you know, go with high line, sort of back four, and West Ham just took the ball off us three times. It's like a basketball match. And I think that actually, he probably learnt a lot from that game mm -hmm. because he tried a different way of playing and it didn't work. So he went back, he went back and he, and, and you know, he stuck to it. I mean, easily, you could have said, as soon as Dawson gets injured, you know, he could probably think, oh, shall I go back to a back four? But he's trusted Santi as well last night. So I think now, I think in his head, he probably thinks, yeah, it doesn't matter who we play. This system's working for us. The the players seem comfortable. In that West Ham game, Kilman and Dawson suddenly looked lost again, like they were at the start of the season. When they played in a back three, they both looked comfortable. Kilman again was immense yesterday. So um, I, I would say just stick to your guns, stick to what you know you can do. And he went back to that against Chelsea. And, um, you know, that game again, Chelsea had lots of possession, lots and lots of possession, but they were pretty toothless. You know, and um, uh, we snuffed them out, snuffed them out, and then we're we're sort of in form, aren't we? Going going up top, we do score goals. We look like scoring goals, and um, uh, and our finishing is so much better than what it was last year and the season previous. So in, I think it's interestingly, just interestingly, Manny, on that because me and you, we've done many podcasts where we're talking about <sighs> the lack of goals and finishing yeah. and clinical and. Okay, we've created loads of chances, and the other teams had about five shots and scored three goals. Last night, yeah. we had five shots and we put the ball in the onion bag four times, mate. We've got, you know, what every team needs is a goal scorer, and we got one of them. <laughs> no one, we could have bought anybody, anybody in the world, we could have bought, and we would have been over the moon if they'd got anywhere near 10 goals after 19 games, even like a top, top. And we've got somebody who was already at the club. And so having that type of person, you know, even forget the mistakes. He was on his front foot. He anticipated that back pass. He anticipated, you know. Um, uh, Actually, yeah. on the back pass, mate, you're absolutely yeah. right on that. because He's already on the move. He starts to move before he's even passed it. Already, already he's thinking, <laughs> oh, I've got a chance here. And if he if he only delays that for a split second, he doesn't get there because the keeper gets there. Then, so we've got a, a, a genuine centre forward playing like a centre forward. You know, I had some stuff after he scored. Um, you know, he scored eight goals, and he had a couple of quiet games. And people were saying, "Oh, he only scores tappings. He hasn't got anything else to his game." Bloody hell, we've been crying for somebody who only scores tappings. We haven't had anybody score tappings. You know, we've got a striker on double figures. We've got a striker that scored more outfield goals, uh, open play goals, and uh, Erling Haaland, you know, right now. And um, uh, we, that, they've I included think... him in the race for <coughs> the golden boot today as well. And I, oh, I, I think you... Emma told me there was something that a story or an article came out, and Chani's included in that race for the golden boot. He deserved <laughs> we it that, that last year. He only scored three goals all season. You, He's you had said... two assists as well. Don't forget, on top of this. Yeah, he does. I mean, but the thing is, his all his finishes just look 
like textbook finishes, don't they? Place it, corner, place it, and and it's nothing wild or rash. And even like the calmness and coolness of that second goal, that was up there with Sarabia's goal. You know, Sarabia's touch and finish. Yeah, that was like that, wasn't it? Flicked it over, finished. Thank you very much. Well, they, I think they, they, one commentator that, that, said it was like street football. He was playing. That was instinctive, totally instinctive. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what it is. We score goal. We score goals, and he's now. I think that West Ham was a bit of a uh, for Gary O'Neill was. Oh, this is our system. Let's stick to it. Whoever we got, let's play in this way. Uh, during the game, we can change where we go to a four and 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 change. Maybe throw in another forward player because the game needs it. But we start in this mode where everybody's comfortable. Everybody knows where they're playing, and and we just looks the fallbacks look better. The defenders look better. The midfielders work better. You know, the front three yesterday again, Sarabia, you know, what a, what, what a month he's had. You know, if you're talking about a player, you know, what a month he's had. Every ball he plays looks threatening. He looks forward. He's through balls. And, and you know, that thing about always oh, too lightweight. Well, he, I think he's adjusted his game where he doesn't need to use his physicality. He, he makes his, you know, and now he's suddenly he's delivering set pieces because he struggled on the corners. But now he's like... You know, his crossing's coming on as well. So um, it's looking really positive. These last two games, you know, two toughish matches, five goals. No, sorry, six goals, six points. I mean, that's uh, brilliant. That's as good as Christmas as we've ever, oh, mate, we've ever had in the Premier League. It, yeah. it really is. I mean, Jack, I mean, Neil White has put a thing up here. Uh, Sarabia crossing has been top notch. Um, Sarabia... We have to give him a lot of credit, to be fair. Yeah. Manny, Manny mentioned it there as well. He came in uh, when he first came to Wolves under this goals and assists. He's going to get your goals and assists. It's never quite happened for him. And he's also struggled to hold down a place. He's been in and out of the team. Gary O'Neill seems to, obviously, since Neto got injured as well, has, has brought him in and started to trust him more. And the also, the funny thing is, we've been talking about set pieces a lot uh, and our set piece delivery has been dreadful. I mean, we couldn't get past the first, especially since Neto was out. And then we, you know, we score that, we score from a corner at Chelsea. I mean, a guy, a, the delivery has been better again. I think Sarabia, another assist for him from that. Yeah. Mario Lamina again, strong. He didn't raise, but he was really strong and glanced it in. Uh, and then the set piece delivery. I mean that that delivery for that first goal. I mean, you, what? I mean, Lamina, it, how he took the took it as well. But the delivery just made it was beautiful, Jack. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think we always talk, don't we, about set piece, and we always say what you want is a ball in that needs one touch. If you put it in there and someone gets a touch, it's going to go in. And that was exactly what Sarabia did yesterday. Just out of his feet, had a quick look whipped it in and just whoever it was on that far post, bang, get their touch to it, beat the defender in the air and it goes in. And, and that, it was the same with the Chelsea goal, wasn't it? Against Sarabia's corner and he needed someone just to get their head to it and just direct it into the corner. You're not sort of asking someone to chest it down and control it and then do something else with it. It's just about getting that con first contact on that set piece and you get your goal. And, and it's so are so many teams there because the Premier League is such a competitive, tight league. If you're really good at set pieces... You can earn five, ten points a season just off your set pieces. Absolutely. And, and that makes such a big difference when you're looking at finishing some either 15th or 9th, for example. You know, so if we've Sarabia can stay in the team, you know, I think we've all sort of said 
I mean, to be fair, I hold my hands up a month ago. I was thinking he might be someone that might move on in January. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, whereas now you're thinking he's undroppable almost because of what he's contributing with assists and, and, and creating chances. And and I thought he was excellent again last night in terms of just finding little bits of space. And just when Brentford were trying to push out, and because the way they played, they're very sort of man-to-man, aren't they? But he was finding little pockets of space enough, difficult to pick him up. So I think he's, he's proven his, his weight in gold at the minute, isn't he? Absolutely. And I was talking to Manny earlier as well. We were having a little chat on WhatsApp. And before I get to you, Hoops, you probably, yeah, I think Hoops, you watched it on the TV like me. And I, yeah, I mean, I'll go to most games, obviously, home and away. And we've talked about the atmosphere. Um, and especially at away games, I mean, Manny, we've talked about this, how flat it was, like about a year ago. And, you know, the, 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 the yeah the performances on the pitch were a bit dour the the fans were a bit dour and but the atmosphere at the away games has been building and I was watching it on the TV last night and probably the same as you hoops and we'll come back to Jack and Manny about the atmosphere of the fans in a second but like all you could hear was the Wolves fans throughout the entire game on the TV singing the whole way through the match. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, there's been a lot of talk actually on social media, which we've probably all seen about atmosphere recently. Uh, and there's been some criticism about the atmosphere. Um, and as, as you say, I think yesterday was was a great example of where Wolves fans were in sort of full voice and, and you know, showing sort of, you know, um, how vocal they can be and how they can get behind the team. And I think what what kind of stood out from, from watching it on TV you know, they were getting behind the team at a time in that second half where we weren't going to have much of the ball. Brentford were going to come on to us with a bit of an onslaught. And that was when we needed the most. And I think that's the sign of of true support. Yes, we were ahead in the game, but I think it was a real, and, and obviously Manny and Jack can, can speak a little bit more um, directly on it, but it was a real sense of togetherness there. Uh, and I think it all builds in with the manager. You know, he, he's a very likeable guy. You know, he's very honest in terms of and uh, self-deprecating to say everybody was probably a little bit underwhelmed with his appointment. But we've got a guy who who buys in and his post-match when he talks about how proud he is to, to manage the group and be part of it is going to help the atmosphere as well and going to help get the fans on board. So, yeah, it was certainly evident, you know, the Gary O'Neill's Barmy Army was sort of a, a defiant cry in that second half. And uh and we certainly heard it on the, on the TV loud and proud. And credit to those those that travel because it is you know it's an expensive game. It's you know there's work commitments and so forth over the Christmas period. And as you know we talked about before, there's another trip coming up. So the support was great. Um, and I think it was yes we were in the lead, but to me this there was a real sense of togetherness and a let's get behind the lads here because we're in we're in a good position and we may finally see. In a way, when as as uh, as reward for for many of you who, who travel up and down the country to see them, so um, yeah, fans and team were, were were together as one yesterday. Absolutely, and do you want to come in on that, Manny? Because I know that um, you're quite someone that's you know we've, we've often talked about the crowd and, and stuff like yeah. that. You go to many of the games, a lot of the away mm. games uh, that you go to, and there's not many you miss unless it clashes with uh, stuff yeah. you have to do at the at the temple. Uh, yeah. Or, or like if you're away, um, mm. but like you were there yesterday, and you were so impressed, weren't you, with the, uh, right. the away fans? You know what, hoops, hoops is exactly right. After about an hour, it was three-one, 
and we should potentially be comfortable, but the game was still on a knife edge. And if Brentford score the next goal, you know, anything's still possible. And, you know, it wasn't a 4-1 complete and utter destruction hammering. It was just us being clinical. So at 3-1, I think that's exactly what happened. We sensed that the team could do with a bit of a lift here. And there was a bloke at the back of the stand. And I've seen the video on Twitter. Someone's yeah, top off. He's got he's got one of those chain mail butcher's gloves on. He's got one of them, <laughs> you know, those butcher's gloves. And he's banging the he's banging the back and he got the rhythm going because you know when we sing Gary O'Neill's Barmy Army, you sing it too fast or too slow and it then peters out. This was like proper this was proper studio recording singing. This was it yeah. was all in beat, all in sync. An echo went around. The stand isn't like two separate tiers. It's sort yeah. of one tier, yeah. um, even though they were lower. Brown, Brentford, actually, yeah, so it? it was it was perfect. It was a perfect theatre for us in a way. And we started, and it just came up. And then people who probably don't really sing that, everybody joined in. And as as soon as everybody joins in, and the wave comes, and we get a few passes together, you could actually see Raynate Nuri was coming up for a, a throw in, and he was coming back to the right hand side of the the left hand side of the box, and he looked at the fans and he just clapped him in game. Not at the end, not because he was going off. He just clapped the fans because oh, that's, that's the sense. That's the sense. They were feeling that atmosphere and I think that lifted them. They controlled the game. After that, Brentford never really looked like, you know, they had a lot of possession, but they didn't look like they were going to come back into it. And then we scored the fourth goal. So I think it made a huge, it was definitely the best atmosphere. I, I think Everton away, we beat them about 3-1 once in Nuno's year. That was a really like where we sung consistently all throughout the game. And second half, from about 50, 55 minutes onwards, literally to full time, it was just non-stop. And the other thing I have to say is the Hugo Bueno and Santi Bueno song. That was funny because we're singing Hugo, Hugo, Hugo. And, and we think he's on the bench. He hasn't even entered the pitch and he's getting a song sung about him all game. <laughs> So it's quite funny, really. Um, but, you know, the fans were all together. We need some new songs as well. Mate, we, we, we just need simple stuff. We, we don't like complicated stuff. Just That's simple, true. you know, Gary O'Neill's at Barmy Army, Pedro Neto, you know, the Hugo Bueno, Santi Bueno, throw, throw in the, those were the days and a few of the, you know, it just worked and it was, it was really great to see and it was a brilliant, brilliant performance in the end, brilliant result and a great, just a great, great night, yeah. Jack, would you com- concur with that, what Manny's had to say, and give your take on it as well? Yeah, I, I agree with both, both the lads, to be fair. I mean, I think sometimes with, with the way support particularly, it's that synergy, isn't it? You know, you see what you respond to what's going on on the pitch. Mm. And I think the, the away fans yesterday could see that the team were working hard for each other. They were putting effort in. They were clinical with their chances. And so when it came to our turn to do our bit, when Brentford were putting us under a bit of pressure and they were flagging a bit, because let's let's you know be clear, we played, what, three days before Brentford had, had a game for two weeks. So we were flagging <clears throat> and our fans went, you know what, we'll step up here and we'll carry you over that line. And I think that's exactly what happened. You know, because, I mean, I've, I've got to be honest, I was kind of clock watching in that first part of that second half thinking, OK, 23 minutes to go. 22 and it just, we're just we're just seeing this out now because you knew if they got it back to 3-2 it was going to be absolutely awful wasn't it but yeah. luckily we managed to, to hold it out and I think again the, the fans played their part and, and like Manny says you know the players were coming over at the end and I think they really appreciated you know the, the fact that, that we'd been a 12th man out there for them 
Absolutely. And, to, you know, you know what, as well, I thought the substitutions came at the right time, bringing Tommy Doyle yeah. on a little bit in the, uh, the engine room, because you make the point there, Brentford hadn't had a game for 10, for 10 days. Wolves had played three days uh, earlier, and they referred to this um, actually during the, the commentary of the match that they could catch up to, with Wolves in the second half, the uh, the energy levels. And for you knew Brentford were going to come out, you know, fired up for this for the for the second half. In, in, you know, and we did weather the storm. We defended bravely. They had a couple of like scare hairy scary moments, but the fans, as you said really rose to the occasion and sort of like gave the energy from the stands back into the players. And then we weathered that storm and then Cooner at the post. I mean, crikey, he was unlucky with that shot. Yeah. He, he did really, really well. And then obviously we scored the fourth. And when we scored the fourth, that sort of uh, killed the game. But like, I want to talk about the goals and, and how we play because... What really impressed me was the energy of the team, the way we pressed, and the the intercut the passing was so sweet. When it doesn't work, we lose the ball, but it it was like pinging around, and we were carving them apart. I mean, before we scored, we got behind them a couple of times. There's one time where he cut it back, and the, the the defender, it looped over the bar by about a foot. That was just before we scored. And then when the goal came, I mean, you know, Nathan Collins, he's actually helped us with three goals. I thought it was two. The first one, um, obviously, that he, he passed to uh, to Wang just after the goal. Okay, the first goal he wasn't at fault with, other than he was in the box defending. And we talked about that. The sec, the first goal, the second goal. He, he, he could see his hand in his thing. He's like, okay, Wang's got in there. I mean, I think all of us, I mean, I don't know what you were like in the stands. You were probably still celebrating the first goal. Yeah. And then you're like looking up and you're like, oh, Wang. I didn't see that. We, I didn't see at all the second goal. I, my sons, I, look, I was looking at my sons just talking about the first goal and they suddenly, I saw them both celebrate. Oh, what are you celebrating for? I looked around. I didn't have a clue what had happened. <laughs> only what about you, Jack? So, uh, well, I've got to be honest, I thought, it was one of them where I thought the ref had blown the whistle because they took the kickoff rung and Wang had just carried on and not heard it and just ran through. Because it was almost like their team just all stopped, didn't they? The goalkeeper yeah. came out and had a big swing at it. Yeah. And then Wang just sort of rolled it in and he kind of thought, what's going on here? But then you, you kind of got oh, it's too... It was, it was crazy because like, I was <coughs> watching the game. I don't know about you, Hoops, as well. We kind of like celebrating and we kind of distracted. Oh, they're going for the kickoff, da, da, da. And then the next thing, you know, <laughs> it's 2-0. It was, it, it, it was insane. Insane. It was. Yeah, I think that first half, you know, sort of 25, 30 minutes in and, you know, the way they responded and then we responded, um, it, it, it was crazy. It was um, it wasn't expected, really, because I guess we're kind of known for having a little bit of a slow start and, and um, you know, but yeah, it was it was it was fast paced. And I think we, t we touched on it earlier and obviously, we you know, we mentioned Collins when we discussed the goals and obviously had a, a real forgettable evening. Um, but I think, you know, it's to do Huang and, you know, a disservice if we don't credit that composure because, yes, he was he was gifted here, but he had that sort of touch and composure. And I think when you talk about fluidity, it's that real confidence, isn't it, Reed? And I think that's what you get with players. You know, 
Huang wouldn't have done that 18 months ago. Not that it wasn't good enough, but he was just his mindset was in a different place. He was going back off the Newcastle home game and that clearance. And then you all remember it wasn't that long ago where he had to be forced to take a penalty to get his confidence back. And this is a player that's always had the abilities, as he showed in the Bundesliga. But he's now got that confidence, that aura about him in his play to be so clinical. And as you say, to looking at the stats, I think, I think you mentioned those five attempts in the end, but for the vast majority of the game, it was four attempts five and four on, goals. Five on, five on target. We had more attempts yeah. than five on target. And 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 that's been our Achilles heel, hasn't it? You know, in conversion. So, you know, but these are not new players. You know, Huang's always already been in the team, perhaps through, you know, um, injuries and formation tweaks and, you know, he's getting more of the ball. But it's just confidence and it's a system that that's flourishing at the moment. So... Um, but yeah, even like you say, even at 3-1 in that first half, um, it could have gone both ways. They had a header, I think, from Collins, wasn't it, as well, towards the end of the, was, the first that was, half. That, that was, that was um, really quick after the their, their goal, because like, we scored, mm. then we scored, and then they scored. And actually, it was 49 seconds in actual ball in play, the three goals happened. It was three minutes and five yeah. seconds across the thing. But they scored, I mean, it was a good finish, to be fair. It was bouncing around and the guys yeah. hit it. It's a good finish. But I think it was about a minute later, they had a ball in the box and the guy's coming in. And if he heads it down, he just, saw was just there. That could have been 2-2. Two, two. Could have been four goals in four minutes. And we got we did have a few airy scarer moments. I mean, let's face it, we were missing Dawson. Santiago Bueno's coming in. The pace of the Premier League, he's not played that much. Um, but, like, the third goal... Nathan Collins, actually, he's the guy that kicks the ball up front and Totti Gomez wins the header. 40-yard assist with his head. 40-yard assist <laughs> off his header. And uh, obviously, that flick and finish from Wang is was, like Manny said, it's right up there with Saravi. And then the second half, Collins, I don't know what's it. I mean, of all the teams to do that against, the team that you've transferred from, I mean, it's... He, some people said he had his best game in a Wolves shirt or for Wolves that last night. And you can't really argue with it, can you, man? You got, I mean, you kind of feel for the lad, but then you don't at the same time. You know what? When 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 we got rid of him, um, it was a little bit of a shock for us because we just bought him. We? So we yeah, buy, buy someone, we buy someone and then we get rid of him straight away. And, and there was a lot of fans asking questions why... Um, Surely there were better things we could have done, better players we could have raised money. But you know what? He's, he's a young kid. and He'll probably will come good one day. And he just had one of those games. Brentford fans have actually said he's been OK for them. So I don't think it's just that he's a bad player. I don't think there's nothing to do with, you know, he's him, uh, purposely done anything. He just had a bad day at the office. That, that, and the last day, the last mistake he made was just like, you know, the game, had. I think by then we'd, seen off their challenge it was 3-1 yeah. we were comfortable everyone's waiting and then he just you know just messes up so Kuna was very unselfish as well he pulled the ball across for uh for Belladon you know what what Jack said um we noticed the players getting a bit tired and I thought Kuna's coming off now because he looks so leggy and looked really tired suddenly even he where he finds that energy from, and then he got past his player, and he had that shot hit the post. If that goes in, because you know he deserved that, and then to again to be on the front foot, he could have easily hung back and let the other defender take the ball off Collins. But he he noticed there was a chance, like Huang, 
got the ball, but then it's just sense of mind thinking, I know what I'm going to do here. Very, very he confident. I knew what I'm going to do here, and he rolled it perfectly. Bell Belgard didn't have to do anything. He didn't have to check. He didn't have to change right. position. And he just ran onto it, didn't he? Literally. He just, you know, and so a top, top night from Cunha, and he's another one that, you know, from last season, and when we paid all that money, now we're starting to see why we played all, paid all that money, because the guy is a bit special. It really is. Not only just... Like I said in a post today, not just because he's now producing, it's because he's a lovely <coughs> as well. The interaction he has with the fans, the you know, you see him what he does. He plays like, like, like he's really like, enjoying his, he's like he's really enjoying his football. Yeah, he really, really is. So um, we've got these, you know, after the Neves and the Codys and all these players that we had, you know, who were all our leaders, our linchpins. We all thought, oh, what, what's going to happen? And and I mean, Lamine has been proving it all we've season. Got, exactly, Dawson, Lamine. You know, Lamine. What about Dawson, Ryan Aitnuri as well? What a game he had last night. Yeah. And what happened with yeah. him um, at the start of last season? Bombed out, wasn't in the squad, always had his hood up, never looked at the fans, you know, and now he's and he applauded in the fans last night. Yeah. It's Brilliant. funny, isn't it, how things can change. And it's... Sometimes it's it is a change of coach, a change of manager who gets the best out of a player. I mean, Gary O'Neill, you know, he's doing a fantastic job, really. Yeah, he's, he's I mean, he, he still gets some criticism. I mean, the West Ham thing, he, he tried the four at the back, probably the wrong game to do it in, as we agreed. It probably would have been better if he just switched the four at the back when we were playing against Forest and they were just sitting defending and we brought in an extra midfielder. West Ham, they're a bit of a counter-attacking team and they got, but like you say, Mane and Jack um, and Hoops, he, 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 you learn and he adapts and, you know, he's, he's very highly, you, you hear his interviews when he talks like, like on Amazon Prime last night, they were interviewing him. And they have a real high regard for for for, for Gary O'Neill <clears> within the the circles, and um, you know we're eleventh in the table. We're on the same points as Chelsea. We're only we're only just outside the the top half on on uh, goal difference. We are literally, um, I mean, Brighton are playing tonight. Four points behind Brighton, six points behind Newcastle. Who are like you know? It's crazy to think. If we can go and beat Everton and get it three out of three, we'll be probably be in the top half of the uh, of the table. I mean, who's just looking back on? And we're going to ask about. We're going to talk. We're going to ask the guys about um, Fabio Silva in a minute. Just looking back on twenty twenty three. Um, what's your observations on the year as a whole and where we are now? Wow, it's it's kind of been a bit up and down, but isn't every year for us? I think, you know, I'll, I'll come on to 2023, but it's definitely the parallels when I look at Christmas, for example, last year when we're sitting at the bottom of the table, which perhaps was a little bit of a unfair sort of view because we didn't have as many games with a break. And then obviously we went into the new year with uh, a bit of optimism, um, you know, recorded some good home wins, notable home wins under Lopetegui. And then in the end, we, we comfortably stayed up, didn't we, from a point where we were bottom at Christmas. So the first half of the year was, I think, a sense of we finally got the manager that we want. We've got a little bit of identity here. We've got away with it. We're not going going down. And let's see what the summer brings. And then it was a summer of, I guess, a little bit of, I wouldn't say of discontent, but of an uncertainty with a 
the financial um, aspect. And, and we know, let's not redo history, but to summarise, we, we had a manager who we courted and, and, and then he left just, just before we started. And then it's again like, are we back to square one? Um, but right now, as you say, you know, talking in sort of um, December 2023, on the back of two wins, looking at our point position, um, we've got to be happy. So I think the year has been been up and down, but I think we're ending this year certainly more positive than we were 12 months ago um, when we just had a new man at the helm and we, we were rooted at the bottom. So um, I, I was a little bit concerned coming into the, the Chelsea game when I saw, you know, Sheffield United pick up a point, Luton are starting to pick up points, you know, Far East with Nuno, and I thought we just, whilst I didn't think we were going to be in trouble, and it, and hopefully we're still not, I felt like we needed some points to give us a bit of confidence, a little bit of breathing space as well. And now suddenly, as you say, it, it's the context and the narrative changes from you've got a manager here, you know, we've got you down for relegation to, oh, where do you think Wolves will finish this year? Will there be top 10? Will there be Europa? And it, and and it's funny how a few games kind of change the narrative. But but in summary, as, as best as I can for, for a 12-month period, it's been up and down. But as I'm speaking to you now, I think most people are, are pretty positive and I think we're in a better place than, than we were arguably certainly 12 months ago. Um, and that's very, very well said. Um, Manny, I'm going to come to you uh, next after Jack. But Jack, instead of doing like the normal man of the match, the normal performance rating and the normal highlight of the last game, on part of your 2023, and hopefully you can come back with this in a second when you've got a chance to think, I'll go to Manny after Jack. I want you to do, what, what I want you to do is your highlight of the year, your, oh, your performance of the year and your man of the year, player of the year, um, as well as you, you know, any anything that you want to add into that, because like, obviously, there's probably things that come to mind and throw that at you. It's rather than just doing it on the Brentford or Chelsea game, just let's have a look back at the year and just anything that stood out, any moment or performance or anything like that stood out for you. Well, um, <clears throat> I think Hoops has summed it up really well with 2023 as a whole. So yeah. I'm not kind of gonna go over that again I, I suppose with player of 2023 I, I struggle to look beyond Lamina I think for what what he's contributed and what he kind of symbolises now within that team you know someone who who would bleed for that shirt and would do absolutely anything for three points which you know we've been lacking in, in for the last two years haven't we we've had a lot of players that have joined our club because their agents told them to rather than because they want to Whereas I think Lamina genuinely wants to play for Wolverhampton Wonders. And I think you're starting to see that with, with other players as well. Cunha is a great example. Joe Gomez is a great example. Uh, Santiago Bueno has come in because he wants to come and play in the Premier League for Wolves. And uh, so you, you can kind of see Lamina's kind of had that domino effect. And people are looking and going, well, you know, he, he was kind of a someone who had a go in the Premier League before and hadn't quite done it. And he, he wasn't kind of a big sort of heralded signing was he but he's been absolutely phenomenal and and I think he symbolizes kind of that transformation in the squad from a, a team of you know players that were sort of put together by different coaches and by different influences to now a, a group of players that are playing for each other and are playing for the manager and, and are playing for that that supporters so so I'd, I'd go with Lamina as, as as player of 2023 uh performance of 2023 um 
All moments. Uh, could be anything. Well, like I, I, was, I was thinking maybe when we beat Tottenham this year, when we 2-1 with the two late goals, because that was kind of a, a very, very good performance. Good shout. Good shout. And, and, and that's kind of, again, we talk a lot as fans, don't we? That's what football is, isn't it? It's those last-minute winners and those... You know, two minutes to go, you're losing the game and suddenly you walk out of the ground and you've got three points and it's kind of like, you know, this is why I get up at six in the morning to go to an away game. This is why I put all that money and time into it for moments like that. So that that's someone, mm. one that stands out for me. So, yeah, I'd probably go with that. Well said. Great to think. Manny, uh, same question to you. Your thoughts on the year and uh, your, your man of player of the year and your... Performance it's, or moments? The, the year, the year was the ultimate roller coaster, wasn't it? It started low. Lopetegui takes you up there. Everyone feeling fine. Summer takes you down there. Gary O'Neill takes you down there. And now we're up here again. So it's, <laughs> the ultimate, it is the ultimate roller coaster of a year, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. um, uh, uh, so uh, when I look at player, you can't really look past Lamina. I'll, I'll give it to two players, though Lamina and Dawson. Key, key yeah. signings in January, both of them in key, key positions, um, instrumental in keeping us up. And now going on, Lamina's got even better, hasn't he? He's got even better. So I think it's a toss up between them two, but <coughs> even Lamina with, I mean, I always thought he was a bit of a destroyer, tackler, recycle the ball. Gets, mate, the guy is the ultimate. He reminds me of Brian Bloody Robson. He yeah. arrives in the box and scores goals now. He's like the, he is the nearest thing. I used to, back in the day, you know, when I was growing up in the 80s, like early 80s, and you just watch football on the TV. Brian Robson was your ultimate footballer. You used to watch him and think, what a, what a player. Box to box, swashbuckling, tackle everybody, score goals, captain England. You know, he was like the ultimate dream player. And Lamina's like that. So I'll give it to Lamina. Um, uh, uh, but there's so many candidates, you know, with the current squad, the way they're playing. Joe Gomez, the way he's took, because he's, he's been there really, the year. So yeah, much beyond yeah. his years, you know, in a new country and the, and the way he's um, bedded down and, and done so well. Matches, I'm going to go, I will mention, honourable mention to beating Liverpool 3 0. Yeah, um, back in Lopetegui. Very you know, good honourable mention to Very, him, very, though. very good performance against one of the top top sides in the country. But for me, is the Man City game. I came out of Ipswich away oh. and I'd, I'd given up I'd given up on O'Neill in my head. Even though I try and be positive, I thought, no, I can't see a way out. Ipswich totally took us apart, even though it was a second 11. We'd only just drawn against Luton. Everything was looking. And suddenly, out of nowhere, and no flu. It's the wall. It, but the thing is, it wasn't like we'd just hung on and then we'd scored a goal. We actually stifled him. Harlan didn't have a kick. All their creative players were missing. Foden just was non-existent. So we we just, honestly, and that's what changed it for me, that performance really gave the belief to these players that they yeah. can live. They can live. We followed that with Villa, Newcastle, Spurs, you know, the home performances against really top, top sides who were all doing well at the time were really, really good. So I'll give it to that Man City game, to be fair. Um, and moment, you know, the moment is too... I'd say the Spurs game, I, I, I'll agree with Jack because, you know, two goals, injury time and the way Rabbit took that goal. But last night, for me, begins, because that was the first away day for a long, long time that I've been to where I felt manager, players, 
fans. It was like we was all in the same changing room. You know, when you're in the changing room and you all celebrate a win, it felt like that at the end. It felt like we were all in the same room or same bar or same, you know, and we're all celebrating together, actual real physical um, and mental connection we had. And um, uh, so that was a great bottle was a that now, though, and, yeah, you know. Definitely. And I think the players felt that. They've all got to, everyone's got to sort of bottle that. Yeah. Yeah. And then do it again, and that's yeah. how, that's what happens against Everton. Hoops, you've heard the um, those things come back with yours, and then I just want to ask you about Fabio before we go on to the quiz. All of you, yeah, I think I think that Man City one as well stood out for me. Uh, I took flow to that game as well, and oh, you it's know, all I down think... to flow. Then it's all down to flow. <laughs> you like the Man City game, didn't you? Yeah. So... So that was, I think that was her first home game this season. And um, obviously, like, Harlan to young kids is kind of like a global superstar and is on the telly. And I was like, Flo, no, it's not Harland. It's about what it's about Wolves. And she kind of really got involved in the game. And I remember coming out, and this is what football does to you, because we all love this club. I was quite, I was quite emotional after it because I was like, I said, this didn't happen every week. Um, but then again, and then I took it to Spurs and we won. And, and so she'd be very fortunate. So those are lovely moments. And the Man City one does, does, does stick out. And in terms of the players, I agree. I think Lamina's been amazing. If you think of the the, the, the signing through the year and as sort of Jack reference, he'd seen a little bit of a rough diamond, didn't he, in terms of what we're going to get. And he's been amazing. But I talked about Huang earlier, and I think that sort of turnaround that, that we've seen yeah. from him, from a player who was kind of out of favour. We were chatting about him in a, a WhatsApp group, and someone <laughs> reminded me that, um, you know, I don't know how close it was, but he was heavily linked to Leeds, if you remember, with, with Jesse March, and maybe he was going to go back to the Bundesliga. So to have retained him and then to see it just shows that if, if you believe in a player, it's worth persevering in that second half of the year. Um, and was 2028. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go to you first on this one, just quickly for quickly from each one before we get on to the quiz and the end in the first half of the show. Um, Fabio Silva, um, Wolf got number nine on his back, you know. Um, Gary O'Neill spoke last night about <coughs> our two number nines, didn't mention him. Fabio puts out a uh, a little thing on his Instagram, obviously, and then it's announced today that he's signed for Rangers. Uh, n- no option to buy at the end of it. He's just gone on another six months loan. Um, and um, Matt Hobbs has said they'll reassess again in the summer. It seems like deja vu, Manny. It, man, you know what? It's ever since we signed him, the star boy, the the greatest player since Pele or whatever, Jeff, she proclaimed him as, you know, 35 million quid, 17 year old. It was just, everything has literally gone a little bit wrong for him. Um, I feel a little bit for him. You know, I always do because he didn't hang that around his neck. He was thrown in at a time where Raul gets injured in a real difficult time for the team and for Nuno and, and no fans, you know, he, he, I mentioned earlier on, he scored twice against the Baggies. So he gets a, a applause from all of us because as a teenager, which teenager Wolf striker has ever scored home and away against them. So he has done things for us, but 
it just wasn't going to work out. We could see it, even the staunch supporters who willed him and, you know, really wished him well. I don't think it was going to work for us. And, it, and the fleeting chances he had, he didn't have great a number of chances this season. They got less fleeting, less. fleeting chances he had, he just didn't show anything. And when you see like someone like Belgard comes on and he shows something, doesn't he? And when Sarabia's come in for Neto, he's shown something. You've got to show things. And he'd been at Wolves now three, four years, you know, however long, even though he'd been on loan last year and just wasn't cutting it, was he? And and it's a good move for him because he needs to play. He's, he's, he's at that time of his career that he needs to play. He wasn't even on our bench. No good to us just rotting away on the training ground. So, um, yeah, we would like a, probably a fee for him, but no one's going to just pay huge amount of money for him he's got to prove himself so if he goes up there and scores and does really well then maybe Rangers might pay us eight nine ten million and I'd t- you know that'd be I'd be over the moon with that we can forget the 35 million that's got to be a write-off it was a massive cock-up I think by the club Jeff Shee probably too um you know stubborn to ever admit that to himself but he must if he looks in the mirror he's thinking oh bloody hell Mendes you're done done me over there you know and we always talked about you know we got Matinho for five million and we got others for less than their market value but then we had to pay over the odds for him so it sort of balances the the overall books you know so he's gone he's he's gone I wish him well it didn't work out for us we've we've got so many positives now to focus on and we have got to look obviously for somebody but well the fact that he's gone it tells me that they've got there's, there's things yeah. going to happen very, very but soon. But we have to remember, Dave, we've got, uh, you know, Sarabia, Huang and Cunha occupied those positions and they're playing so well. But even Neto, you know, we can take our time with Neto because he's three guys. I was quite glad. Good management yeah. again last night. He was going to come yeah. in on at 3-1 three, three, to just have that extra little bit of stretch. But we're missing Huang for a month, aren't we? Sat him, back, uh, sat him back on the bench and yeah. you're absolutely right. Um, obviously, Wang's going to be going away to the Asia Trophy. Sasha's apparently looking for a mover out. It wouldn't surprise me if he goes as well because he wants to be involved next year for his uh, for his national team. And if he's not getting many minutes, Jackie. Thing is, if they buy Sasha, Dave, if they buy Sasha, they have to buy his restaurant as well. He just opened a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, a quick thought on Fabio from you, and then hoops, and then we'll get on to the uh, the quiz. I think Manny summed it up really well. I mean, I. I... I've watched Wolves a long time. I've seen players that don't care about the club, just picking up a wage. Fabio was never that. He's always tried his best. He's always put his effort in. It just hasn't worked. And I think the circumstances didn't work for him, did they? Obviously, Raul's injury meant he was thrown in the deep end when he was clearly not ready. But lack of another option meant he was kind of exposed, wasn't he? And he was kind of out of his depth for that first sort of six months. And then he's never really recovered from it, has he? I mean, I think, the lad just needs to go and play football. Rangers is a, is a massive club, big club, great fan base. If he goes there and does really well and scores in the old firm, for example, that's going to be a massive thing for him. And then in the summer, you can either have, bring him back and, and see what he's got or you go and look and get some money back in. And I, I think it's quite clear that, that O'Neill's got a certain type of number nine that he wants to play. And I don't think Fabio is that. So there's no putting him sitting around on, on our bench or not even getting on the bench at the minute. So I think it works for everybody, doesn't it? Particularly him as well at this point. Absolutely. And we're going to get on to the quiz. But um, so, Hoops, you get to choose whether you're first, second or third. But just a quick thought on Fabio before you pick your, your number. 
Yeah, very quickly. I th- I, yeah, I agree with the guys. I, th- I think ultimately he was brought in uh, due to circumstances with, with, with Raul too soon, but you could argue he maybe even joined us too soon. You know, he he had all the records in in Portugal. I think he brought he broke Ronaldo's record at sort of youth level, and you just wonder whether or not it would have been better for him to have stayed in his home country for a few years, get some appearances and get some experience before he moved abroad. Um, he's a player who clearly needs an arm around his shoulder and needs to be managed in a certain way. Um, and yeah, at this moment in time, it's not working for him. I think that will probably be that. Um, but it makes complete sense that he gets a loan, as, as has been referenced in this game. So, 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 good, so good luck to him. I hope it's not the end, but I, I think it could well be in the summer. And as you say, we're not going to get anywhere near, but we may get a little bit closer if he, he has a good second half of the season. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Um, so the quiz um, to finish off on, you want to go first, second or third on this part of the show? This is a quiz, though. First, second or third? First, we're going to go first, please. First, uh, Mane, I'll let you pick second or third. What? I'm happy. I'll just go second. Then we might as well go if Jack's okay with that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, so the first penalty, mate. The first penalty uh, for the final part of this half of the show. Where was Derek Parkin born? Was it Walsall, <sighs> Newcastle upon Time, Cambridge, or Stevenage? Oh, he's obviously up. very famous football player. It's great upon it. Um, was he local? Walsall, Newcastle, Cambridge, or Stevenage? A B C or D? B. We go B. No, is it Jordan? Is she saying B? I'm going to. Yeah, let's go. I don't think he's. Let's go with B. Flo, you really helped your dad out there, mate. Um, he's castle upon time. Thank goodness she's there, mate. So you've scored the first penalty. Manny, uh, yes. which club did Wolves sign Derek Parkin from? Oh, what was it? Hell. Middlesbrough, Berry, Huddersfield Town or Warsaw? Is this a Derek Parkin quiz? So, say that again. What were the choices? Which club did Wolves sign Derek Parkin from Middlesbrough, Berry, Huddersfield, or Warsaw? Middlesbrough. I don't think he played for Middlesbrough. I don't think he played for Warsaw. Huddersfield. Who was Huddersfield in who? Berry. I haven't got a clue, man. I'll just go for Huddersfield. I ain't got a I'll go Huddersfield because I'm walking through Huddersfield when I get Mate, to Newcastle. You, there you, you go. You've, you've hit it. The keeper's got his hand on it. It's hit the inside of the post. It's hit the keeper's head and rolled over the line and you've scored. <laughs> so oh, you've scored your penalty. 1-1. One, one. Jack, I didn't, I didn't your know that. first penalty. When Derek Parkin signed for Wolves in February 1958, 68, he became the most expensive fullback in Britain at the time. How much did the club pay for him? Was it £10,000, £20,000, £40,000 or £80,000? Dear me. Uh, this is right. Yeah. Uh, what was four, did you say 40000 10, 20, 40, 80. 40000 sounds like a lot for a fullback in the 60s. So let's go with that. 
You've hit the post. It was uh, 80,000. Eight, You've hit the post. Oh, yeah, we got ripped off. And it, and it was still a bargain. Still a bargain. Derek Parkin holds the... What's his, uh, his favourite TV show? <laughs> is it, this is a Derek Parkin. <laughs> Derek Parkin holds the record for the most appearances in all competitions for Wolves. How many appearances did he make for the club? 550. Oh. This is for hoops. 600, 609 or 600... And forty nine. Maybe do you know? Do you know what? It's really bad on this. I've got. A, I've got a feeling in the Billy Wright stand that this is on the wall. Uh, it is, man. You're right. It, it is. It, 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 <laughs> <laughs> and I probably walk past it. A lot. <laughs> so whenever I, oh, we walk past it at Everton, going, I wish I should have paid closer attention because I'm sure it's immortalised on the wall. Just A, B, C, or D. I'm thinking C. So, what do you reckon? I don't know, though. Okay, we're going to go... What is it? Uh, 609, I think. Let's go, Steve. You're going C? Yeah. You've set the keeper the wrong way. It's in. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great strike. Is that flow again? It, I think it is, yeah. Um, yeah that's that, that's a, our homework's on Derek Park, you know. Go <laughs> Manny, to keep um to, to, to keep in this um is it Derek Parkin again, isn't it? It is. Yeah. How many goals did Derek, <laughs> Derek Parkin score for Wolves in his record breaking number of appearances? Was it none, one, two, or ten? Man, you know, fullbacks never they're like just never scored, are they? What is it? How many? Ten, ten, one, none, or not zero, one, two, or ten. It can't be zero. One and two seems too low for six hundred and nine. One in one in sixty. Derek Barkin. One in sixty. Did, did he score one? Yeah, I think he probably did. He played in those. I'm going to just go for ten because one or two seems too low. Ten. Mate, it's over the bar. You've 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 gone up. To, you've you've stepped up, and you've slipped as you're taking the penalty and you skied it. It's, oh, it's actually, he scored two. No, actually, you're right, mate. It's, you scored 10. You're correct. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> you scored 10. Your your thought was absolutely brilliant. Now, you've, hit the, you've, you've, you've absolutely hit it top bin. Yeah. First of all, it looked to all the world like it was going to go over the bar, but everyone <laughs> doubted, and it's actually gone in the top bin. It is 10 goals, so you're still in it. So... Jack, you have to score this goal to stay okay. in the hunt, okay? In which two consecutive seasons did Derek Parkin play every single league and cup game for Wolves? Bloody hell. 68, 69, 69-70, 69-70, 70-71, 70-71, 71-72 or 71-72, 72-72. 73. That's a stinker, that is, Jack. That's a I sound like I was at an auction then. You were going 69, 70, 71, 72. <laughs> uh, did, you see, did you say he signed in 68? So let's say yeah. that a brand new signing, that put him straight in the team and he never looked back. So what was the first option? 68, 69, 69, 70? Yeah. Let's go with that. You've literally reboned the keeper, mate. You've given the eyes and you've sent him and you've you've looped yes. it down the middle. Very well worked out. You're still in the hunt. So just about just about hoops and flow. Mm. How many times did Derek Parkin win the League Cup with Wolves? Was it none, one, 
two or three? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be B or C. Let's go B. Was B one? Um, B was one, yes. Let's go with that, yeah. The keeper saved it, mate. Oh. No, the two. It is, it is two. Two. He okay. Two times. Manny, if oh. you get this correct, which means you will have won the penalty shootout and Jack's just playing for pride. Um, if you miss it, Jack can level it all up. So, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. How many times did Derek Parkin play for England? None. Yeah. 20, 30, or 40? It's uh, 60s. Oh. 60s, that's straight after the World Late 60s, early 70s. Straight after the World Cup. 70s, well, I didn't see. He wasn't in the 70 World Cup squad. So, (coughs) I'm going to say he didn't play. He didn't play. You're going to go with none? I'm going to go. I just can't see. Final answer. You'd have known if he played in seven, because it was that era, wasn't it? I mean. Final answer? Yeah, final answer. You broke the net. Three out what? of three. You're the winner this week on the first half of the quiz. Jack. Happy days. Jack. Just, um, just for fun. Derek Parkin left Wolves <laughs> in 1982 on a free transfer. Which club did he go to? Was it Rochdale, Stoke, Fulham or Gillingham? Army. Uh, what were the options again? Rochdale, Stoke, Fulham, or Gillingham? Ah, uh, I think I know this one. Go on, go on, Manny. No. I think I know it. I think it's Stoke, isn't it? He played for. He did. He played there for Stoke. <laughs> um, I am Derek Parkins' number one fan. <laughs> well, hold on. If you're Derek Parkins' number one fan, <laughs> get this are. one. Go this on, is man. the next question. Just for anyone, you can all. I'm not going to give you an A, B, C or D. If you're his number one fan, you should know this. What profession did Derek Parkin take up when he retired from football in 1983? So I'm going to close it down to, you've got a choice of shop owner, landscape gardener, teacher or painter and decorator. Gardener. Maybe. He was a landscape gardener. Gardener. There you go. Guys, thank you so much um, for the first half of the show, which will be episode 199 on podcast. The second half of the show will be episode 200, in fact. And we're hoping that we will be having an in-person uh, podcast um, in the new year soon. Uh, I'll work that out with your money and everything. Try and get yeah. it to in you again. Yeah. We, we're overdue one of those. So uh, thank you guys for joining us. Hope you've enjoyed the first half of the show. I can tell you we've got a, we've got a Wolves legend as well as the pundits in the back room in the green room for the second half of the show. 
And I'm sure you'll know a lot. The, the Wolves legend that I've got will probably have known most of All the All the questions are going to be on Melly. <laughs> we'll have to ask a question. We could well, ask one on you, Manny, for like, you know, how many samosas? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, mate. There you go. All that. We could do all of that. How many miles to Newcastle and all that sort of jazz? Brilliant. Uh, we will be getting Manny on, uh, obviously, in the new year to talk more about the uh, the walk to uh, to Newcastle. And uh, hopefully, with Manny's permission, we'll be able to hopefully do a live with him en route at some yeah, point uh, to try yes, and help raise as much money uh, for uh, for that. Manny, um, just Brilliant. quickly, if you just want to, anyone who doesn't know, just give him a quick... Yeah, break. just um, uh, as, as you know, two months away now. So we're two months away from 27th of February setting off from Molyneux to get to the away game on the 2nd of March, which hopefully shouldn't change because now we're playing in the previous Sunday against Sheffield United and Newcastle are out of Europe, so they don't need to change it. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we can't trust these people. <laughs> so, 195 miles, four and a bit days, 45 miles a day. Um, we we checked out 60 miles of the, the route and my son looked at me and I looked at him and we thought, we've got to look for another route. Honestly, it was horrific. It was horrific. It was like straight through Yorkshire, straight through the Peak District, Buxton. Every... So we've come up with slightly different routes. Still horrific, trust me. Um, uh, but um, yeah, so mate, uh, we're going to get you on a live when you do one of the days. We'll get you yeah, on a, a little live. Definitely do that. You know, I'm already. Um, you know, Dave. I'm not going to like last week. Just over the last week, over a thousand pounds has been donated. That's amazing. Um, and I'm not actually, you know, sort of actively talking, sort of yeah, asking. Really. And, and, and so, yeah, brilliant. I mean, there's a fan. The fans have got involved in Yorkshire who are helping me out, housing me and looking after me. And, and you know, so, yeah, I know it's going to just grow. I was at BBC WM today in Birmingham. They were interviewing and they want to do things regular and update people. So that is what makes it all work, all of you. Um, they asked me, actually, they said, what are Wolves fans like? I said, they're the best and the worst in the world. They'll lift you to the sky and then they'll drop you to the bottom. But they're real. They're real people. They'll tell you how it is. If they don't like you, they'll tell you. If they love you, they'll tell you. And uh, But when it comes to backing people, well, I'm not the only one. We know, you know, everyone who does a fundraiser involving wolves and the wolves community so many people have done it and we've got some tremendous people wolves fans back it they just get together and they back it and they donate and they give and they join in and it's just a fabulous bunch it's proper real family a family that you, you that will walk with you they might fight with you some days but they'll walk with you in the end like you know so thank you to all the fans who, who donate help share and, and spread the joy of, of and trying to help others. And um, uh, it's something that we all, I encourage everybody, just get involved in any way you can, locally or, you know, you don't have to walk to Newcastle. No, there's no requirement, you know. Just walking <laughs> up the steps, I think, when you get to the ground is hard enough. Yeah, 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 How yeah. are you going to do that? I don't know. You're probably Mate, going to watch uh, I have been sponsored to do that at the end, so we have got to do it. Um but I am oh, thinking uh, towards the end of the year, we're doing something a little bit more where it will be a, another horrendous challenge, but we'll reveal that later in the year. But it will be something that everybody everybody can join in, no matter what age and no matter what 
um, fitness level who can join in because a lot of fans they said they wouldn't mind joining in and then you tell them I'm walking to Newcastle and they say oh okay we'll give that one a miss then <laughs> <laughs> well we'll do a lot more on this uh, over the next couple of months Manny will be a regular comes on regular on the channel anyway especially as one of our main podcast hosts um, so we'll be doing a lot more on that and um, we'll be putting the links on how you can get involved and yeah. support and uh, we're, obviously we'll follow your journey as you're on your way up there and uh We'll make sure that we're there to greet you as well. When we when you get there a lot, we did at Chelsea, mate. And uh, I just remember you arriving at yeah. Chelsea last year and how emotional you were when you when you got there. And it was just an outpour of emotion. And I said never again, didn't I? I said never I know, again. Yeah, but mate, I know what your never again's like. It's like never again for the next two months. And then you start thinking, oh, what can we do to go even further? It's like Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, boys, thank you ever so much. And uh, we'll see you. And wish you all a very happy new year. And let's hope we get the three points uh, against Everton at the uh, coming up uh, on the weekend. But thanks for the first hour. And we're going to move on to the uh, the second part. Thank you, Well done, Flo. Well done. Well, done. well, done. well, done. well yeah, brilliant, Flo. Um, you did well. You, thank goodness you were there. Your dad would have gotten on otherwise. <laughs> yeah. See you, boys. See <laughs> yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fantastic. Uh, what a great first half of the, uh, the show that is. And I can tell you, we have got... What a second half of the show we have got lined up for you. I tell you now, it is brilliant. If you've enjoyed the first half of the show, hit that like button. Oh, my God, what's going on in the background there? How did that happen? How did that happen? I had fireworks. I've never had that happen before. I'm magical. If you listen to a podcast on the screen, fireworks start raving. I'm like, I'm electric. My goodness me. Um, yeah, before I go on, I do want to talk about the uh, the fantastic offer that we have uh, from uh, NordVPN. I'm just going to put that up on the screen. Uh, you still got the chance uh, to get involved with this. Santa is still smiling. Now, um, NordVPN is great um, to keep in your security making sure that you're kept safe online. When you're in public, it protects you. When you go abroad, you can change countries. So basically, it's great if you uh, need to watch those kickoffs that you can't get hold of. You can put NordVPN on your TV. allows you to watch the football by switching your location to a country where the game's are being shown and you can also watch movies from different countries with the family change the location access us and other countries netflix for example um it's also a potential late christmas present for you and your family now the reason why i say I say that is that you can have it in your household and you can literally have one subscription and it can go on everyone's devices all your tablets your phones 
your TVs, your computers, for everyone in the whole family for one subscription, which is really good. And, of course, you get increased security when you're going out shopping and using public Wi-Fi. I use it at home all the time, uh, and it's fantastic. When I went on holiday, when I went to Agadir, it was it was invaluable, really, because I could get the matches. Uh, I can get back onto my Now TV, get on my Netflix. And just to, to remind you that this deal that you can get through us you can't actually get it uh, anywhere else um, because even Nord's own deal isn't as good as the deal that you can get through Always Wolves. You can see it works out instead of £187.32 for two years, 64.53, and you get an extra four months free as well. And you get 30 days money back guarantee. And it, as I say, it works on all your devices. So check that out. Links in the description or go to NordVPN forward slash always wolves and just a reminder again to say a massive big thank you to uh the, the guys and gals at creation walk for powering extra time right are we ready are we ready we have got a blockbuster of a second half of the show first of all we're bringing on He's back. It's charismatic Craig. How's it going, mate? You need to put take yourself off mute, mate. Hiya, Dave. Hi, folks. Happy that, Christmas that helps, to you all. Mate. Cheers, well, everybody. I, I, again, Craig, yeah. I love again. I'm loving the. Uh, he's just been tinkling on the piano in the back there before he was coming on on the old ivories. Uh, and a bit before that, he was lounging across the sofa behind you, but uh, he's now ready, mate. You've got a, you, you. We're going to talk a little bit about your little prediction that you. Everyone said you were oh, mad yeah. earlier in the year. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, but uh, hold the fire there, because next up, returning tonight, uh, this young man talks a lot of sense. It's Lewis. Hi, Lewis. How are you, mate? Hi, Dave. I'm all good. Thanks, mate. You? Yeah, thank you so much for waiting so patiently uh, behind the scenes uh, and uh, obviously looking forward to hearing your take on this. We have a debutant tonight. I am so, so chuffed because I've been wanting to get um, more female fans involved and this young lady is fantastic, I can tell you. She's coming on for her debut and she's waited patiently in the background Hi, Chelsea. Hi, How everybody. You're you all right, mate. How are you? Yes, fantastic. And of course, I had the pleasure of spending uh, some time with you and your mom and dad um, at the Chelsea game. And yeah. we won 2 1, and you came on the reaction. You spoke ever so well. <laughs> fantastic game. Uh, and I said, Would you come on extra time? And she was like, Super confident. Chelsea, by the way is a history teacher. Do you just want to say another hi to your students whilst we've got from your school, from Year 10, from, is it Kingsmead? It is. Hello, everyone from Kingsmead Everyone school. wave to the Year 10 students at Kingsmead. That means you, Lewis and Tuba as well. Tuba, get that hand waving. There you go, Kingsmead to Year 10. That's fantastic. And we have an extra special treat tonight. Oh, my goodness me. We have a Wolves legend that's joining us. Someone who's becoming a good friend as well. We always have a natter when I meet him at events. And that is the legend that is 
Mel Eves. Good evening, mate. Good evening. Chelsea, did you ever think that you would be side by side with Wolves legend Mel Eves? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Hi, Mel. You were commentating for uh, Radio WM last night down at Brentford, weren't you, mate? I was, yes. And um, there's my uh, accreditation. There's his accreditation. Fantastic. Mate, what a game oh, to um, what a game to and, commentate on. And what a wonderful there's the program. What a what a wonderful uh, game it was. Uh after the after the Chelsea game, which I also comment, uh, commentated or I'm, I'm actually the summarizer. So it's Mike Taylor that commentates and I I'm the summarizer or pundit, whatever you want to call it. So um he kind of looks at me when he wants me to say something. Um, so, but it was all, it was all good in the Chelsea game. And then to follow that with the, uh, the Brentford game last night was fantastic. Um, just what the doctor ordered. I mean, to finish the year off, um, obviously we don't, we obviously finished the year off against uh, Everton on Saturday, but uh, for, for the, the last two games, against um london teams which we haven't done very well against apart from obviously we beat tottenham at home but on our travels to, to score four away from home as well and win was was fantastic the fans were absolutely unbelievable from yeah, start we to finish about that early, amazing. from start to finish it was like there were it was like the choir the choir on steroids um <laughs> just singing and singing their hearts out for 90 minutes they were absolutely unbelievable well 90 minutes plus because uh, they carried on after the game finished obviously and they were absolutely fantastic they just drowned out everything anything that brentford the, the home crowd were just obviously they were shell-shocked because they don't usually see their their team absolutely spanked at home you know them even the big teams find it sometimes find it difficult against Brentford Brentford have turned us over before um you know they've done a job on us um you know quite a few times since they've been back and uh so to to go there and win I know we've done it before we won there 2-1 I think it was last season or the season before and then um, got a decent, we have got a decent record against uh Brentford I think the game that you refer to and I'm going to come on to you in a second uh next Lewis the longest game in Premier League history when uh, they, they 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 stopped because of a, a drone. Oh well, I was came I, out at half time and he'd forgot his mic and everything. And I was there. I was there for that, and uh, that was a first for me to actually commentate on uh, a game being uh, held up by a drone. Because <laughs> of course, um, it was they just come over, and I think it was the um, the image rights or the broadcasting rights that they were they weren't too happy about. Because in they, case they were they were filming, it yeah. Was, well, of course, I don't I don't think it was so much kind of um, safety reasons. It, there must have been. It was more on the uh, the financial reasons. They, they Craig, you were watching the game, mate. Yeah, um, were you bouncing off that sofa? Oh, absolutely. I I I, I was just thrilled about us uh, when we went forward. When we went forward. We looked absolute class. Defensively, for me, in the in the first half, we were we were a bit dodgy. We we, we got a lot of holes. Um, but 
I, th- I think for uh, me, where 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 the manager earned his corn is that he closed all those 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 holes for the second half, and it was brilliant. Um, I was still shocked, like 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 any Wolves fan. You sit there, even when you're two, three, four, four, uh, one up. You're thinking we can still concede two goals here or or three goals, and we didn't. But um, I think. Um, Going going forward, Dave, we look utter class act. Uh, well, we're going to come on to your um, little prediction in a little yes. minute. Because, um, You're not laughing now, are you? None of you are laughing now. Charismatic made a prediction earlier on in the season. But Chelsea, before I come to you, Lewis, Chelsea, I mean, you were there in the stadium at Molyneux for the Chelsea game, loving it, soaking it up. You were watching it on the, again on the TV last night. I mean, could you believe what was going on in that in that game last night, it was like, it was like I was talking to some of the lads earlier on. It's like we're celebrating the first goal, and we're like, yeah, patting ourselves on the back. Come on, and like, just take your eye off the game for a little bit, grab a cup of tea, whatever, and then we score again straight after. It's like, what? Uh, talk me through that three three minutes for you, uh, the start of the game, and and what you felt about it. Um, for the game, I think even just building on when we went to the Wolves game against Chelsea, we kind of like took that atmosphere of the fans to Brentford. And in the first half, you could feel the pressure that Wolves were putting on Brentford and it was really exciting. I think Huang led the line really well and really set the tone for the team. And the goals between Lamina and Huang, you just couldn't, you literally blinked an eye and Huang scored the second goal. And you could really feel that momentum with Wolves doing well. And I think the Chelsea game helped us with the Brentford game for sure. And it was just lovely to see, especially how Huang started the season and the whole of the year, how he's kind of grown into that number nine role. And I feel like he's become a really important member of that team for setting the tone for Wolves. And I think it's summed up a great way to end the year for Wolves and to take it forward. I think you're absolutely right. I think it's like it looks like a team that believes in the manager and what he's trying to do. Obviously, Gary O'Neill coming in really, really short notice. It looks like a team that's playing for each other. It looks like a team that's really responding to the fan base. Also, looks like a bunch of players that want to be there. Okay, Fabio would maybe be in the acceptation, but like that seem it seems like a much happier camp at the moment, Chelsea. Absolutely. I think from being at the Wolves game, I do like watching Chelsea this season, you can see the glaring difference between the two teams where Chelsea kind of look like a team of individuals trying to figure out a way to play together. Wolves in the last two games have shown the desire and especially Lamina has shown that he cares about the team. He wants the team to do well. And I think that's just rubbing off of the fans as well. And the fans can see that they care. And that's all that fans really want, to know that the players who are there for you want to play for you and what they need to keep it going for the rest of the season. Absolutely well said, guys. And if you want to get involved in the chat, everyone, all you need to do is subscribe to the channel. And you don't even need to be subscribed for more than a more than a a second and you can join. We are literally on 31,978 subscribers. My target before the end of the year is to get to 32,000. We only need 22 of you to subscribe and we're going to hit that target, which is only 500 short then of 
Molyneux's capacity. Lewis, I just want to I just want to come on to you now, mate, because you're a you're someone that studies the game in depth. You're someone that looks at players. Um, you know, what's what have you seen from Gary O'Neill? Obviously, we've had the West Ham game, we've had games recently where we weren't starting very well. What do you think Gary O'Neill's been learning from this squad and it, how he thinks he's starting to mould? What's your sort of take on that? And especially the two recent performances? Um, I think especially the performance last night, Dave, shows the importance uh, of the eight Nuri role. Um, obviously, he picked up the injury and it seems that his injury kind of coincided with um, Wolves starting to struggle in games, especially the West Ham game. Um, but Obviously, his return to the squad yesterday, you know, from the start, I'm not necessarily saying that Aitnuri is um, the best player of the team and when he doesn't play, we, we will lose. But the, the role here is able to take as a left mid when we have the ball, uh, it, it seems to really help the team. And I think a lot of people criticise Bueno uh, when he stepped in for Aitnuri for not being as direct as he is. So, you know, with Aitnuri's directness uh, of the left flank, it really helps Wolves a lot. Um, because then Huang can move obviously into the centre uh, with Cunha just you know slightly behind him, and they can play on with, uh, with a four-four-two when we have the ball. And I think that seems to really suit how Gary wants to play. And I, I think it does suit Cunha as well, who I think uh, isn't a lone a lone striker, and I don't think he's a wide player. I think he suits yeah, a kind of um, a double pairing up front really well. And I know Gary after the game he spoke about um, wanting to sign a number nine uh, maybe in January or even after. Um, and I, I think the system that Ait Nuri allows us to play, um, you know, with his directness from, from a left-back position, it really helps. And I think also it, it provides cover for Totti as well, because, again, in the West Ham game, you know, a lot of people criticise Totti's performance. But I think with Ait Nuri in front of him, you know, just providing that bit of cover, it really helps a lot. Um, so I'd say that's the kind of main point I've picked up from the past few games is the importance of his role in the team. Like, like I said, it's not necessarily Aitnuri Nuri if he was to be sold or, or injured, providing there was a, a replacement there. As long as somebody can fill that role, then it should be successful. But I think, um, yeah, Aitnuri's Nuri's importance has kind of shown in the past few weeks. Well, we know that we're going to be losing uh, Ryan Aitnuri um, to the African Cup of Nations. We know that Wang's going to be uh, disappearing a little bit uh, for the uh, the Asian Championships as well. Sasha Kalajic hasn't been really uh, getting on the bench. He will want to play because he wants to get make sure he's in the Austrian team for the uh, for the Euros. Fabio Silva's gone out uh, today. Mel, we're going to touch a bit on Fabio. Uh, Fabio Silva going out and the striker situation at Wolves. Wang doing so well, obviously. Ten goals and two assists already this season. Pedro Neto's just about to come back. Uh, we are going to be losing Wang. Fabio's going. Sasha's hardly playing. Surely Wolves have got um, got aces ready to go um, because they're letting Fabio go and Sasha doesn't seem to be coming on and Wang's going. They've got to have a striker coming in in this window coming up, don't you think? I would have thought so, yes. I, um, for some reason, he's not using um, Sasha Kalajic um, as much as probably... We thought he would. A few, a few people would think that he would um he hasn't brought him off the bench um lately and um i think it, he's been a real threat when he's come on um 
he hasn't caused too much too many problems when he started games. So he obviously doesn't fancy him as much as uh, one or two other players. And if he's saying he's, he wants a genuine kind of number nine, he's going to go in front of um, Sasha as well, isn't he? So it'll be interesting because um, I've just I've just seen the development. Um, you know, just pick, and just picking up from what Lewis said, he's Lewis is spot on. Um, I'm a big um, fan of Ryan Aitnuri going forward because I think he's a left winger. I, I think he's he's his defending has has come on. If you play, he, for me, he can't play in a four four two. No, as left back. Ideally, in a in in when he's playing as a wing back as he is now. Um, with Totti being the left-hand side of of, uh, of the three at the back, he's ideal because he gets a, he gets a free license to go forward, and he's just so cool. He's just got such a and he's got great balance. He goes His ball past control people. is incredible. He's he's um his ability that wonderful left foot that he's got, and he just he just goes he just glides past people, but he's so kind of laid back, but. He, he he is a massive threat, and Samado is doing really well on the other side as well. I think Samado's so been having a fantastic season. And I may, I may, I alluded to that last night on uh, when I was com, uh, you know summarising and commentating on the on the radio that that is Wolves' big threat, and everything starts from there. But once you, once you've got um, Wangi Chan, I tell you, was so sharp. He was like. Razor blade sharp. He was. It's not the fact that he's he's lightning quick. It's the fact that he's he, Speed he just gets into positions and just picks things up. And his radar is spot on. He just gets in the right positions, and um, he just knows how to uh, how to dissect a defense. He's and he, and his his ability to take chances is just ice cool. Because that's yeah, that second one. Uh, his, his, his second goal last night. His second goal last night, Mel. Yeah. His second goal last night. I mean, I saw it and I thought, wow. And then when I saw it on the replay, because we got the benefit of the um, the monitor in front of us in the uh, in the the media uh, section, I said, wow. I didn't realise exactly what he'd done. Um, I saw it. I thought, wow, what a good finish that is. And I'm, I was just checking myself. Did he really do what I thought? And then I saw it. And Pinnock's come across. And Pinnock's a good defender. But he's made him look absolute. He's just took him out of it. Just calmly just... And and the interception for the back pass as well. He was everybody was, wait, everybody was waiting, thought, what's happened? What, what, what happened? And I saw it and I thought, wow. And then he's just walked it in as if to say, well... And he's looking around. Is this is this really happening? And he's just kind of. I was going to say you don't do it now, but I was thinking he's just got a flipping, flipping cigarette on him. He's just going to go. <laughs> Drop the very mic. much. Yeah. <laughs> like that, just before he knocks the ball in, he was just amazing. And hopefully, I'm not sure. I don't know whether anybody's heard the. Um, Apparently, it was a back, it was a back, back spasm. They were hoping to try and get him to half time, but it, Wang said, "Because I mean, let's face it, a striker on two goals is going to want to stay on if he can to get three, unless he's yeah. thinking." But apparently, it was a back spasm, um, and it's settling down, and hopefully, he should be okay. It, it's nothing more than 
than a, than a back spasm that happens and the, it the, it settles down and he should hopefully be okay for uh, for Saturday. Well, Let's hope he is. Well, that's great news because it, I mean he's on fire. Cunha gets better and better for me. Um, my first my first comments on 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 Cunha when he first came were this kid can play. But he's a cent- if he's a centre forward, he's a centre forward that can't score goals. That was my that was after the first dozen 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 or so games, and I was I was feeling for the lad because he's he didn't seem to be a natural goal scorer. If you could combine kind of Cunha and Chat and Wangi Chan, I mean you'd have a superstar that wouldn't probably we wouldn't be able to keep, but. Um, Cunha's getting Cunha's getting more confident now, which is really good. I mean, I was I felt for him and uh, that he that one the post that he didn't he really deserve to get something. That was unlucky because he went and took his man on and then it hit it across the keeper. Yeah. That's that's it, half an inch to the other side. It goes in off the inside of the post um, and goes in. The thing is that he's he's doing all the right things now, whereas sometimes he was shirking responsibility and looking to pass. When he first started, because you could see that he's conf- he was very confident running with the ball. I mean, he's really um, he's a sight to behold when he gets the ball and he can go goals past people. He's really good to to see him do that. It's a bit like Adam Atriore at his best and what have you. Um, you know, smashing to great talent. But then you're looking. But then, as a real kind of critical, I have to point out, I'm looking for end product. He's very pleasing on the eye because he he's moved so well. He's got a really good athlete, um, great feet, does all the right things. But then I'm looking, where's the end product? Is he scoring and making goals? Well, he need, he should have scored last night. Was unlucky, but then he makes Bellegarde's goal brilliantly. <coughs> and you know, because he could have easily gone on himself and try and tried to score, which probably a lot of people would have done. <laughs> Including me, probably wouldn't have seen the pass. I'd have gone on and tried to slot it past the keeper. Bellegarde was perfect as well because Bellegarde didn't even have to break his run. No, he literally exactly, that's what I mean. His his overall contribution is um, is absolutely brilliant now. Um, Cunha's so you've got Cunha and Wang. Then you've got everybody. Everybody wanted Pedro Neto. Pedro Neto. We didn't need to risk him last night. That I think that was very. I think that. I think that was good management on Gary O'Neill's yeah, part. There was no, uh, no it point. Was got a game to give give Brentford. You know Pedro's pace to break into, and then we got the fourth, and he said like, "Well, let's just keep you back an extra couple, two or three days because with the hamstring, if you come back and then it goes again, you well, have got to be careful." He can then. He can then. He'll be obviously be on the bench again for Everton. That's a really big game. Um, that'll be really tough because uh, they've been going really well. They've reacted. I think. I think it's been. Um, they've had kind of a, a bunker mentality, haven't they? Really, yeah, they've, they've just had come out after they've had that ten point that ten point um, deduction. They've come out and the world's against them, and they've just closed ranks and thought, right. Come on, we'll, we're going to have a real go, and they, they've been absolutely brilliant since then, haven't they, Everton? Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, know they got. Game. I know they. But they are. They, uh, Everton are definitely going to be. Night, definitely they've been playing really be a, well. Definitely going to be a, a tough game. 
uh, coming up without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, Craig, looking ahead to to Everton, I mean, before the start of the Christmas period, could you even imagine that we'd be standing here right now thinking, OK, we could have nine out of nine? Not at all, And, Dave, could, but, uh, and what did yeah. you say, Craig? Yeah, charismatic Craig, seven, I don't know seven, what game it was, but you made seven, a prediction. Seventh, and everybody laughed. And the thing is, Dave, I, I, I think I think Wolves play uh, with, with, with two styles. They... Uh, play with a style when we don't play very well, of, of quite ponderous football, playing it across the back. Um, it's all, almost playing with, with the fear. And then when, when, they, when they open up, as they've done for the last two games, they look fantastic going forward. Um, I think that the manager now has got his style, which is skillful players, but coupled with speed. And we've 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 been talking about this for the last two three years that we haven't had that 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 speed that 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 intensity of play, and now we're 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 really starting to see this speed. But 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 the skill level in the side is off the charts. Um, and you know Wang looks as Mal said, he looks absolutely fantastic. Some of those runs from around the back of the defender into space. And the ball's there uh, for him. And they're really, really quick. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I mean, you, 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 you look at really what I call um, players that don't look fast. Um, and we've, we've, we've got some really, really quick players, Dave. And, and I am just, I am absolutely thrilled. I don't think that our midfield and our forwards are where we need to be concerned. Our back two in the middle and my concern that at, 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 at times we're we, we just that that yard <laughs> slower than, than, than we need to be and we saw that last night just on the uh, on the very quick ball through there our, our five and the six don't move quickly so that's an area that you'd look to try and absolutely if, what if, do you think Mal there our, 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 our uh, two, two centre backs and not quick yeah. enough at times for me. Well, we, we're playing a back three to start with. Um, I agree with you um, up to a point. Um, Max Gilman, I thought, was outstanding last night. Yeah. Um, Santiago Bueno, that's his second full game, isn't it? His second yeah, one yeah. he started. Um, he looks okay. Um Dawson is a big miss. Dawson has probably been pound for pound one of the best signings, along with Lamina, that we've made in the last decade or so. Agreed. I mean, they have been absolutely brilliant. The way the, the impact that they've had on the on the club, both on the pitch at the training ground, I I believe has been immense. Um, the other signing that we did we haven't paid too much for could prove to be absolutely fantastic as well. That's Gomez. Oh, I mean, yeah. him and um, him and uh, Lamina in midfield. Are is just... Gomez 19 or 20? He ain't very old, is he? How old's I, Gomez? I'm not sure. He's 20, 21, whatever. But he, he's uh, absolutely fantastic, um, the ability. I'm going back to Kenny Ibit, Willie Carr, um, when I played. Um, and... You've got the engine room there pulling the strings. You've got then the, the players that can 
that can really uh, make things happen all around them. But if you've got straight down, straight down the middle, you've got Dawson, you've got Kilman and Kilman and Totty. Totty, um, Totty's enthusiasm is 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 infectious. I believe. I think he's yeah. he he is. He has um, worked his way into the side after being on the sidelines or the periphery for for quite some time, and then he's 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 found a niche and got in there. Uh, and um, you know, all credit to him. Um, but I think this is all about the defending. And for me, I'm a big Saar fan, but. The one criticism that I would throw at Saar is that he needs to come off his line and help him out. When the ball gets delivered, the goal, for instance, the goal against Nottingham Forest, he should have, he started to come, he should have come. And he did that in the cup as well last year when he came He needs to command his box, especially the six yard box, better. But I don't think he's going to change now because he's, he stops on the line and he lets them sort it out. And then he's a, a rea- he, he, he deals with reactions like the, the chance that Brentford got when they were two, when it was only two, one and went to the far post. I was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Craig, I thought, and I said, I think Saar could have helped he him out. He, yeah. he, he eventually saved it, but he should have, he, it was a long way coming in. Yeah. He should be there looking the like, as well. Can yeah. I come and go and help out? He doesn't have to catch it all the time, but he can then go and help it, help it on for a corner or get it out the way. Uh, but he's rooted to he's rooted to his line too many times for me. That's the only. Apart from that, I, I, I'm a big Saar fan. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes I think he can help help the um, the centre backs out because otherwise they're right on top of him. They're getting too near him for me. And, and that's where we have some of the problems. A bit more. Um, Chelsea, coming on to you now. Um, I want to just for you to like reflect back on 2023 as a Wolves fan, uh, how your how the year has rolled by <coughs> for you uh, through the season, and how you're feeling now. I also, if you can, want you to try and pick out a player that is the player of 2023 for you and if you've got any moment or or match that really stands out for you this season if you could absolutely i think um obviously at the end of 2022-23 season wolves was really struggling getting towards the bottom of the table and in 2023 at the start of the season they were struggling to kind of see a way out of it but um as the people said at the start of the um, show we've had an up and down season which is kind of what Wolves always go through and I think um, VAR is a little secret thing people don't want to mention but it has impacted our season yeah. especially with the points and if you look at what decisions have been made that has impacted where Wolves are finishing and where they are now and of course the players and the team have to win those games but we can't deny that elephant in the room of what else has been going on. And I think over the last couple of months, I think Wolves have kind of took it in their stride. And I do think this Christmas period could have been a big challenge for Wolves. And I think they've took it in their stride and they've found form in the right time. And from what all the other the men have said about 
the role of Lamina, Ain't Nori, Huang. There's multiple players who are taking responsibility for the team and they're not allowing just one person to try and fight to win. They're all working together. I think for my game of the season, um, I would like give a special mention to that Liverpool win when we won 3-0 because that was a very special moment, especially beating anyone in that top six. But for me, my favourite game, and I think I'd be biased because I was there, but that win against Chelsea was one of the most exciting experiences I've had as a fan in a long time because you could feel the energy in the crowd. You could feel that sense of a movement forward. And I think we saw the best of Lamina in that game. Um, Sarabia played brilliantly as well. And I'm really happy with how the team progressed into the next game for Brentford. That We haven't had a very good away season, but they finally took it in their stride and they found a way to win away which is really important for Wolves because their away record is really impacting their points so if we can start getting points on the road that's going to make it even better for us moving forward um for my player of the season um I don't I don't know if people agree but I've been really impressed with Huang I think having that role of being the number nine especially because he didn't have the best start. I think that he's really grown into the role. And I feel like when he came off against Brentford, you could see the shift in the team. Huang was really setting that tone in the first half. And when he got that injury and he came off, the first 15 minutes of the second half, Wolves had to change their system. And you could see that without Huang, it was much harder for Wolves to kind of lead that press and they eventually figured it out. So I do think that Huang, for me, is my player of the season because we talk about strikers, they need to do their job and he has for Wolves. He's scored goals, he's creating opportunities and he's just getting on with it. And I think he's a breath of fresh air. Incredibly well said. I told you she was good, didn't I? Uh, well said, mate. That was some really good... Uh, reasoned arguments there very 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 well Lewis I'm going to go over to you because you, you you know again you do a lot of analysis um on players <coughs> from you know around around Europe and you might have an idea of a, an ideal player that could come in but also I want you to reflect on 2023 as a fan and your sort of player of the of 2023 and your sort of moment or highlight or match that stands out for you as a as a fan and uh and just uh you know where we are as we come into uh the end of this very roller coaster uh 2023 year yeah i think in short dave i think it can be described as like you say a roller coaster i mean at the start of the year we were obviously bottom at christmas from um just just before the World Cup, and it was really tough for us at the start of the year. But then at the end of the year, obviously we're, we're sitting just um, just off goal difference from mid table, which you know when you look at how how far off the pace we were at the end the start of the year. Sorry, it's a it's a massive improvement in the quality, and so there's been a lot of changes at the club from the top to the bottom. You know, it hasn't been um, you know it, like you say it's it's been a, a big year, a big year of change. Um, I think obviously at the start, Julian did a, a good job kind of procuring our place in the league. You know, like, uh, like Chelsea said, the 3-0 the game against Liverpool was such a crucial game. 
I think not just for the, you know, each game is only three points if you win, but the, the kind of the feeling it gave the squad was really, you know, something to kick on. Um, I think, you know, obviously to, to, to stay up and stay up in, in a good position in the league, obviously not, you know, scrapping for points at the, the final days or whatever. It was a, it was a big a big achievement. I think it set us up well for um, what, you know, could have been a, a good season under Jewel. And I think it, what disappointed me about in uh, about the season last year in May time, you know, April, May, was a couple of away results we got. You know, I think about the Brighton game, the Man United, Arsenal. It really disappointed me the way those games went um, in those months. And I think, you know, it, it's a bit of a shame really that, that uh, the end of that season, which, you know, in this, if you look at the second half only, should have been celebrated because it was such a big achievement to go from bottom of the league at Christmas um, to, you know, to, to survive and, and survive well. Uh, it just kind of took away from the season a bit. I think that, like, you know, a few people were mentioning about being on the beach and things already. You know, I think the players and the squad did seem to feel as if the season had ended as soon as they felt they were safe. And I think it's a bit of a shame that that happened. But, um, you know, obviously in August, it was such a crazy time with Noons leaving and um, the, the way he left and obviously Julian staying and then um, kind of leaving with a few days to go and Gary coming in. It was quite erratic again. Um, but the club, you know, we, we did well given those circumstances, losing such an important player before the start of the season. I know a lot of people criticise his performance, but really it, it, with the signing, with the cost of the signing, he was brought in to be a key player. And, you know, he, he played a lot of the games in the season before. So Noon's leaving was, was a big loss. Um, but we didn't, you know, we didn't seem to stumble without him. Um, I, th I thought, you know, to be able to say stay stable, uh, was, was really good, especially at the start of Gary's time, um, to, to handle the loss of him really well. And it, it didn't seem to knock him at all. And obviously, uh, there's been ups and downs. We've gone through runs where we've won a few and, and then we've lost a couple and the performances have slightly dropped off. But I think for his first, you know, six months or so, well, four months even, um, you know, coming into the end of the year, it's, it's been an impressive, you know, start to his, uh, his reign. And I don't think anyone really can criticising too much. I know, you know, you know, after the first few games, a couple of people were unhappy with the performances. I think back to the Ipswich game. But, you know, I think, like I said at the start, if you look at the where we were at the start of the year and where we're finishing the year, you know, it's, it's a job well done, really. You know, they couldn't have asked for much more when you look at all that happened in between. Absolutely, mate. Well summarised, actually. actually. Uh, did you, um, if you pick your performance of the year and your player of the year, yeah, I think that I'm going to go with the, the the Man City game at home for the, the performance of the year. I think to, to play against Man City, I, I, know, I know people have kind of discredited their their quality a bit this season, saying they're a bit off the pace so far. But I, I still think it was such an important win. And you know, at the minute they have a game in hand above, um, I think Arsenal and Liverpool. And if they Arsenal win that game, then, well too now. Yeah, so if they win that game, um, then they're only four points off the top. So that they, they might be off the pace a little bit, but you know they're they're still up there. Um, you know they're still in and in and around the title. So I think it will be closer than some people are expecting uh, come the end of the season. So I think that game there was a special game for us because you know to to, to play the way we did, it, it felt like you know that was the first time we saw what Gary could really do. You know, you could see exactly. Um, what, what he was trying to do. And obviously he spoke about in that Monday night uh, football, how, how he sets a bar where he'd like to play. Um, and uh, and then he adapts it to, to match the opposition. But I think really 
you know, he might want to play a different way, but the, the level of the performance was up there with, you know, one of the, the best performances I've seen in a few years, especially anything after Nuno, really, that was a, a top game for us. Um, and I think the the, perfor- the player of the, the year for me has to be Lamina. Again, he came in in January, so he's been here the full year, so I think it's fair to include him. Um, I think he's just so reliable. I know he has a couple of off games. I think, you know, recently, again, with that West Ham game, but in his defence, he was obviously sick the, the couple of the day off the game, I think. So, you know, he's just consistently at least a seven every week, um, you know, virtually. And he, he's so crucial to how we play. I mean, I, I know a lot of people talk about um, the goals that Huang has scored, and, and that is important because it's been a problem for us for a long time, the lack of goals. And it's great to have them in the, in the squad. But I think his quality of being able to pass the ball, but he's just everywhere, I think, on the pitch. He's always where you need him. I think, um, you know, I, I do worry slightly about his age because he's obviously t- turning 31 in September. So, you know, come the start of next season, it, you know, he's turning, you know, just over that tipping point for some players where they do start to to lose half half a yard of pace. And But if he can stay fit, uh, stay at a top level for, you know, a couple of years, then what a player we've had. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go for Lamina for player of the year. Absolutely. And to be honest, mate, I think Lamina is one of the, is a light developer because if you look back to some of the Southampton fans, they can't believe it's the mm-hmm. same player that they had. And there's some players that develop earlier. There's some players that take a time to get to, to that thing. And I think with Lamina and Wolves, is just the right club at the right time for the right player. Yeah. And I think, right I think Dave, sometimes a move away, you know, sometimes players can be tempted by it, but you know, like you said, he's he, he is an older player now, and he's later developed. And I think sometimes even the prospect of a move it might put him off it because he might not he might get there for his final big move if he went to a bigger club, and it might just not work out. And then it, it was for nothing. Then you know, he, maybe he personally feels that I'm playing my best football of my career here, so why am I going to leave and ruin my last few years that I've got left? And he's totally integral to the team. He feels a valued member. He's a, he's a leader within that squad in such a short period of time. The fans love him. You know, he's adored already. He's been here for a year. And, and you know, I think his best years are still ahead and at, at, at Wolves. And I think he's he's kind of taken up that mantle that Neves left. And he's picked it up and he's ran with it. Craig, uh, to you. And then we're going to come to Mel. And then before we get to the quiz... I'll just summarise quickly 2023 and your your uh, what stands out for you in terms of moment or highlight and your uh, player of the of the 2023. Yeah, I I I, I absolutely don't care about, about last year as a season. I mean, it, it's it's gone. Um, I think that if if you're you're a manager or a supporter, if you can see your team improving and the development of the club, then you must be pleased. And we have um, developed and improved, especially over the last three to four months, more than any of us could could ever have hoped. Dave, I think I think that, that you've got to say a huge uh, well done to Matt Hobbs, who has uh, filled a gap in our club that has been really really poorly um, uh, covered uh, in the previous three years. Um, Matt, Matt, Matt Hobbs has, has, has not made any errors yet for me and he and he seems to know uh, his, his own mind where where he wants us to go which is which is great for me the manager I mean 
that that was inspired, even though we were all a bit um, a bit concerned about his experience. To have a guy that that's that's done so so well at Bournemouth, and then they they absolutely shafted him, and so he got this drive and this this ambition to prove prove himself at another club. That's a genius move, isn't it? Um, his intelligence, he 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 really thinks about the game. And what I'm enjoying is he's clearly getting these players to think about the game as well. So that when you've got a certain plan that you that you put into action, your players have got to uh, still be flexible when when that game plan doesn't quite go as as you know people have hoped. And we're seeing that, I think. Um, so as a club, we're moving forward at a great pace, I have to say. Um, my player of the year, Lamina, by an absolute street. And only because of, of his engine, his desire, what he brings to the team. He leads by example. Cunha bounces off him. Gomez bounces off him. You, you, you've got this, 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 this engine room that literally says, you are going to follow me, team. And he, and he backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. And his engine's absolutely outstanding. You could talk about Wang and Cunha, who are playing superbly well. Gomez, as, as, as like Mal said, underrated player, uh, Gomez. Such a fantastic breaker of, of, of play when he, when, he, uh, when he gets that ball. But, but, but Gomez is picking the ball up when he breaks play. And he's moving it on with, with speed, which again is something we haven't had for for like two, three years. I've moaned about it. I, as you know, Never's been too slow. Matinho been too slow, Dave, for two or three seasons. These guys move, move move the ball now at pace and it's showing and, and, we're, and we're starting to cut teams apart. Um, so um, my game of the year was Spurs. We, we, we dominated Spurs for, for 87 minutes. And nothing went right for us. We, we, we looked as though we weren't going to score. Um, Sarabia, sublime bit of skill. I mean, I mean, Konya knocked that ball in at some pace, you know. And for him to just take that on his toe, just kill the ball dead and then hit it with his wrong foot. What a fantastic goal. If that wasn't enough, though, this team keep going till the final whistle. Lamina gets fouled. Doyle has the presence of mind to come in and move the ball wide. And Lamina just, just darts off in the 95th minute, was it? it, it, it yeah. that, that, that sums yeah, up. I think it was or something yeah, like that. I think, I think that sums up the change of mindset at Wolves now. We're, 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 we're going for it. And we just struggle when we don't go for it, when we get a little bit timid. Um, but but Spurs for me to score two goals in four minutes was just off, yeah, off very the very special. Mel, Mel, you've seen a lot of games. You've covered a lot, um, obviously as uh, an analysis for uh, WM, and you, you, you've obviously you you played the game at the highest level yourself. Twenty twenty three for Wolves. You know if you can sum it up in a. A couple of sentences and then you know just talk us about a moment that sticks in your mind for this year and what player has impressed you most uh throughout this calendar year it's, yeah it's very difficult to say one one player i mean that have 
some of the things that um, Pedro Neto has done, for instance. I mean, it's just. It, it, I mean, we're all we're all really um, licking our lips, thinking what he can do when he comes back, if as long as he's up to speed, because that's what we were waiting for. We didn't see. We saw him come back um, at the Previous. end of last season. And he wasn't um, quite up to speed. And yeah. then he, you could see he was getting frustrated because he wasn't able to do what he knew he could do. Yeah. Um, you know, and he wasn't getting away from players like he normally would do, etc. But then when he's when he started this season, you know, we we we've we saw the best of him, and then unfortunately he's got he picked up that injury against um, was it top was it against oh, Tottenham? I can't remember. He but. Um, Newcastle, wasn't it? Yeah, he picked up the injury against Newcastle. And uh, you're thinking, wow. Um, I could go through go through quite a few players. The way that the way that um the the um we've gone back to the new no days of how we're gonna how, how the team is set up. I mean, that's just evolved through with with the way that it's happened. But the big the big reason that that's happened is because Craig Dawson's there. Yeah. As I've I've already said, what value for money, and the the probably the impact that he's had on Max Kilman on Totti as well. Um, I don't know about Santiago Bueno. He's he's new to me, but he's an international, um, and he did he did pretty well last night. Yeah, and he he was up against two very very smart, um, capable in with this, uh, um, and um, who's your other man? You know that 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 Mope. Yeah, he's decent. He had some game to pay for them last night. I thought I thought he was okay. I thought he, he did well. Um, I agree. To, I agree totally with Lamina. He's been absolutely right up there, along with Dawson, as probably one pound for pound best signings we've made. Um, but the two wing, the two wing backs in the way that we play, Samado, I think, has been very, very, very consistent. Um, and um, he mentioned that Gary O'Neill mentioned that I was in the the press conference after the Chelsea game and uh, when Matt Matt got what what turned out to be the winner uh, and um, he's saying we can't I've been struggling to give him more game time although he probably deserves it uh, because Nelson Samedo has just been doing so well um, yeah. and on the other side we know Matt can play on that side but we've got ain't you know Ryan ain't Nuri. And, and um, yeah, and we, we cover, you know, we, we covered very, very well on that side. Um, you know, and you, you, why now who, who comes on and does well as well? Um, if ain't Nuri's not there, ain't Nuri is really better going forward. He can defend, but he's better going forward. That's why he's got a really good... It helps to have a really <coughs> good defender, Totti, who's Left a good athlete defender, well, yeah. behind him, you know, alongside him. So I think the, well. the structure of the team, when when um, when you look at it, has developed. And that's why on our day, we can take anybody on. And, and I agree with um, everything that's been said before. For me, the Man City game has to be the best game that I've 
that I've seen down there for ages. Because I can tell you that in the the media suite before the game, all the talk was, can we keep it down? And it's not a it's not a cricket or a rugby score. Can we keep it down to two, That's two or three? Off the back of the Ipswich game, yeah. Yeah, can we keep it down to, can we just limit Man City to two or three? Not believing that we could actually win it, most people, um, you know, and I, when I was asked, I just said, well, it could be, if, 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 if we really perform, we could test them, but, you know, you've just got to, you've just got to take it, take it, take it on the chin. Let's see what happens. And uh, I mean, I was just as, uh, as pleased. And the biggest thing for me was that when Man City got, um, Alvarez got the equaliser from the free kick, one, one, that we responded really well. We didn't then cave in because I'm thinking, oh, that's it. You've just got to settle. Can, can we hang on for a draw? Which a lot of people around me were saying in the press box. Now they went on and they then picked it up. They responded so well from that. And that was the key to me. That was the key turning point for me. Of the season. Was when from 1-1, one, one, their heads could have gone down, but they didn't. They went on and got the winner. You know, and Cunha laid on uh, Wang to get the winner. Absolutely brilliant. That's the highlight for me as far as the team is concerned. But um, I'm torn between Wang because I know that he's the first player to score 10 goals. Um, and we're only halfway through. He's the first player to score 10 goals for Wolves for since Jimenez was on fire. Yeah. So um, he's probably, Wang's probably going to nick it, but Dawson is prob- is, has been, if you look at leaders and the way that you, you kind of set the team up, and he does so much work without actually doing anything on the ball for me because he organizes everything and that's where and that's what um you know that's been that's been missing since Connor Cody because Connor Cody was the the link when under Nuno it was Connor Cody just led everything and Dawson's taken up that mantle um you know so he's such a key key player um you know, they did really well without him and um, all credit to um, Santiago Bueno for coming in and doing so well. And, he, um, and, he, and for Santiago, like you say, he's only played a couple of games, so it's still adjustment for him. I mean, you see some players like Sarabia, we've seen players in the past that Kunas took a little while well, to, to settle into the you've, team. You've just mentioned Sarabia really. as well. I, you've got on that, uh, you've got Ain't Nuri with a wand of a left foot. How good? How good is Sarabia's left foot, by the way? Some of some of those those balls in there for for um, he's made both of um, Lamina's headers have been oh, absolutely yeah. brilliant balls. And that, we've been looking at crosses into the box. If you get cross the right cross in the box, they're virtually they're so hard to defend. The last per- yeah. the last person I saw with as good a left foot as Sarabia, and Sarabia's got nearly as good a left foot as Dave Wagstaff, and the youngsters on here won't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Dave, there was a there was a left winger called Dave Wagstaff yeah. who was probably got the best foot, best left foot I've ever played with and ever seen. And Sarabia 
has almost got as good as left foot as Waggy. And that just shows you how, and for, for the older people, obviously you, you youngsters on here won't know what I'm talking about. But for, for, for anybody that knows their Wolves history, um, you know, you've got Jimmy Mullen left foot, Dave Wagstaff left foot, Alan Hinton left foot. But I mean, Sarabia, is, it goes in that, that category for me because I've seen him now. The quality of the delivery is just absolutely mouth-watering. And you, you, you get into places because you know he's going to put it there. And, like, uh, it was amazing to watch, wasn't he, Mal? I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm old enough to, to have watched Waggy a lot. And he was just... Him, Richards and Dugan, uh, Mikey uh, in the in midfield. That what a side that was. That that was that was great to watch. Well, absolutely, but you can see similarities in the players now. You can see with Lamina, you got Mike Bailey. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in the fact that he just kind of boss midfield and won every virtually what every fifty fifty. Lamina doesn't shy a tackle, does he? Uh, Gomez is coming in as well, and he's he's doing really well. Um, so th there's so much to look forward to, as um, you know, with golden black running through your veins. Um, and that's what in, that's in what we want. As long as we, as you say, we just keep it up, and it's it's only the second full season for. Um, for Gary O'Neill, well, it's probably only the first full season for Gary O'Neill because he only took over at the beginning of um, it, at, with Bournemouth, didn't he? So this is his first full season as a manager. So, and uh, I've been very impressed with him. I, I was at the press conference in the media suites after the Chelsea game and um, I was very impressed with the way he handled it. Well, I have been it all along, but actually being in there and not just seeing it from behind the camera, but being in the room with him, I thought his 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 whole demeanour has been uh, has been excellent. Fantastic. Um, right, we're going to leave it there. We're going to come on to the penalty shootout quiz, which uh, uh, Craig, Chelsea, and Lewis. Who'd have thought that you would be uh, in a quiz with Wolves legend Mel Eves? So, <laughs> Mel, this is the penalty shootout quiz. Can we have? Can we have the Derek Parking questions? Because I knew that. <laughs> They've all gone. <laughs> I knew that was not Mel. That's my age group, that is. Being a gentleman, um, being a gentleman, I'm, uh, I'm going to ask Chelsea, do you want to go first, second, third or fourth in the penalty shootout? Go first. So you want to go first. Mel, I'm going to ask you, do you want to go second, third or fourth? Um. I'll I'll follow I'll follow Chelsea then. So you'll go in second. That's crazy. Um, you'll see why in a minute. Um, Lewis, third or fourth? Uh, I'll go fourth, Dave. So that means Craig that you're going third. So Chelsea, you're at Molyneux. It's a full house. <laughs> it's a, a penalty shootout. You're walking up. You're putting the ball on the spot. Right. So it's three penalties each. Wolves missed out on three first division titles in a row. Sorry about this, Chelsea, but this is the first question. In 1959-60, when they finished second, which club won the league that year with only one more point than Wolves? Was it A, Tottenham Hotspur, B, Burnley, C, 
Liverpool or D, Aston Vanilla? Mm-hmm. Um... Tottenham, Burnley, Liverpool, Villa. One point. And th- just think back, this is 1959-60, not present day, obviously. Mm. Let's see. My brain's telling me either Villa or Liverpool. Um, we're stuck between the two. I'm going to go for Villa. You're going for Villa? Yeah, I'm going to go for she Villa. She steps up. She skies it. <laughs> Mel Eves is shaking his head. Do you know but Mel? Yeah, Burnley. Correct, but you don't get any points for that, mate. Oh, no. Can I have that question, though? No, you can't. But you have got the next question. If you get this wrong, you're not going to live it down. All right. Well, I probably will then, because I'll... (laughs) You know, right. You're not going to believe the next question. This is just crazy coincidence. Dave Wagstaff (laughs) made over 400 appearances for Wolves, but which club... Did they sign him from in 1964? Was it Manchester City, Blackburn Rovers, or Man United? It was Manchester City. There you go. Man, I thought you were going to give me some more. Is that absolutely... no? Well, I could give you more because, funnily enough, Dave Wagstaff played number eleven at uh, Wembley in 1974. Yes, yeah, and I was still at school. And he got injured, didn't he, man? Um, and in the second half. Yeah, then injured. with the waggy have to come off and um, Barry Powell came on, didn't That's he? That's right. Yeah, he did. And then, um, obviously, I love waggy. And then me being at school in 1974, I couldn't kick with my left foot. I was all right footed. I then, in the 1980 League Cup final, played number 11. And we played 4-4-2. So I was playing on the left-hand side. Um, and I, put, I wore number 11 in the next time we won the League Cup. So, um, there you go. That's a little story, isn't it? And it is. my, my first team, my first team, Waggy's first team was Man City. My first team was Wolves. And the second club that I actually went at for any le- uh, for a proper period of time other than on loan, because I went to Huddersfield on loan in my last year at Wolves, because it was falling, Wolves were falling to bits. My first club was Man City. Oh, wow. There you go. The, and, the old um, main road. You have stepped up and you've put the uh, you have put the ball right in the top bins and scored your penalty, Mel. So you're one out of one. So, charismatic Craig puts the ball down at Molyneux. Which club did Wolves beat in the final to win the ignore... ignore Ignoral, I nearly got that right. Ignoral, defunct Texaco Cup in 1970-71 season. Was it Dundee, Ards, Burnley, or Heart of Melonian? <clears throat> Dundee, Ards, which is A R D S, Burnley, yeah. or Heart of Midlothian? Oh, my memory, my memory's twigging on me that it's Dundee. Uh, I don't know why, but but that's what my my memory. I don't know why, but go on, it's not right. You're going for twenty. 
No, mate, the keeper saved it down to you, down to his left. Okay, never mind. It is. Anyone else know in the chat who that is? Gather a guess. Oh, no, no, I was there. You were there? Well, I saw it, yeah. At, um, so who Bobby, was it? Texaco Cup. Yeah. It was a Scottish team. Yeah. It's the other who Scottish was team, wasn't it? Who was it? Was it Hearts, then? Was it, it Hearts? Hearts, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Hearts, correct. So, Craig, you've missed... Uh, that's not a problem, Dave, all those years back. I was yeah. alive then, so so that was a fair question. Yeah, so, Lewis, you did pick number four. So, your, your next question is, um, who I met recently, actually, this guy. Um, Jeff Palmer spent most of his career at Wolves, except for one year break, with which club? Bradford, Burnley, Warsaw or Villa? Lewis. Um, I've got no idea, Dave, so I'm going to try to work it out. Um, if he was at Wolves his whole type of career, maybe he was uh, in the Midlands, so I'm going to pick between Villa and Warsaw. Um, I'm going to go for Warsaw, Dave. Unfortunately, you've, um, you've slipped and the ball's trickled and not even got to the line. I'm sorry oh. about that. You slipped on the way up and it's literally trickled. It's an embarrassing miss on the penalty there, unfortunately. But it happens to the best of us. Anyone else know the answer to that? Mel? Burnley. <laughs> yes, you don't get any points so, for it. So, <laughs> after that round, um, everyone's missed their penalty, apart from Wolves legend Mel Eves, who does know where the goal is. Um, <laughs> and it's, He's got one out of one. But we're on to the next round. So, Chelsea, which club did Wolves sign Andy Much from in 1986? Was it Kettering, Wigan, Southport or Telford United? Kettering, Wigan, Southport or Telford United? Kettering, Wigan, Southport or Telford United? Uh, I have no idea. Kettering, uh... Wigan, Southport, or Telford United? Don't hint me, that's cheating. I'd rather get it wrong and be. <laughs> well done, Chelsea. Yeah, don't be a cheater, Dave. <laughs> you never win in life if you get help. Well done, uh, Chelsea. I like that attitude, actually. Right, okay. I think Southport, though. I think Southport. I think you were going to say Southport anyway. So the correct answer is Southport. Correct answer. <laughs> well done, Chelsea. So you've put it into the uh, the keeper's dive. You've literally, you've done a roll. You've got <laughs> to take it. The keeper's gone and you've put it in the other side. Come Fantastic. <laughs> right. So that means, Mel, to keep your scoring sequence going. Which club did Jeff Thomas join after leaving Wolves in 1997? Was it Crew Alexander, Crystal Palace? <laughs> What's going on with Lewis? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. Uh, <laughs> honestly, 
This is what you pay your money for, folks. Think moments like this. Barnsley or Nottingham Forest. Crew, Crystal Palace, Barnsley or Nottingham Forest. Oh, Mel. He's thinking. Now, well, I'm, I'm thinking because I know he played for Crystal Palace, but I think he came. We, we, took, we had him from Crystal Palace, didn't we? Where did he go? Well, that's what we're asking you. Where did he go? <laughs> Crew, Palace, Barnsley or Forest? The answers are not in the Pringles, I can tell you that. Pringles are nice. I know. The um, problem with Pringles, once you pop, you can't stop. That's what they say, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do a countdown. Barnes. I'm going to have to go Barnsley. You're going for Barnsley. How, how many penalties have you taken in your career, Mel? Do you know? Is that another question? No, it's just a general question. How many penalties <laughs> and how many penalties have you missed out of those penalties? None. Well, you have now because you've just missed. <laughs> so, uh, you, you've put it past the post. It was actually Nottingham Forest. I was going to get up. That was, yeah, I should have. I was. You nearly got gone with my anyway, instinct. I thought I knew it was Forest, Chelsea yeah. and Melives are now on one out of two. Time with a club legend, Chelsea. Uh, Craig, you're up next. Against which club did Steve Bull score his last goal for Wolves in September 1998? Was it Bury, Bolton, Birmingham, or Bristol City? I've not got a clue. And I know Bully as well, as you know. Um, bloody hell. Uh... Blues, I'll, I'll just say blues. You're going for Birmingham? Yeah. Mate, you've, you've hit it really, really hard. Over the stand. It's gone over the bar and over the stand. So you've missed it. was it, Mel? Out of two. It was Berry. Yeah, okay. It was Berry. So, Lewis, your chance to tie it all up again now. So this is a bit more your era, this. Um... Which club did Bruno Large manage after leaving Wolves in 2022? Was it Benfica, Swansea, Botafogo or Porto? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Botafogo, Dave. Very confident answer. Slides it in. Nice one. Keeper dives low, but it's too hardly hit and it's equalised. So, after two penalties, it's all changed. Craig's running behind at the moment with zero out of ten out of two. Uh, but Chelsea, Wolves legend, Mel Eves and Lewis are all tied as we go into the final round uh, on yeah. one out of two. So, Chelsea, it's back to you. Chelsea, for which club did Joe Matinho make the most league appearances for? Was it Sporting Porto? Monaco or Wolves? Which club Porto. did Joe Matinho make Porto. the most league appearances? Who are you going for? Porto. 
You're going for Porto. Anyone else? Unfortunately, you've missed the, the keeper's tip. It's a good effort. The keeper's got top and he's tipped it over the bar. But anyone else know the answer? Wolves. Absolutely, it was. It was. He made, would you believe, more appearances for Wolves. But that puts you on one out of three, which is still okay. It's still okay. So I'm just moving on to um, on to the next round of uh, questions, which is uh, nice. Here we go. Right, Mel. This is to put you within touching distance of victory. In which season were Wolves relegated for the first time? Was it 1905-06, 1915-16, 1925-26 or 1930-31? Well, these are tough, Dave. i have just reading to be, honest, to be honest, I was only a kid then. With <laughs> 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 1905? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't remember that far back. So, um, it's just how they what roll. Kind, what what kind of questions there? It's it's in this just... is in which season? In which season were Wolves relegated for the first time? 1905, 1915, 16, 19, 25, 26, or 1930, 31. Where's the Derek Parking questions? Bring well, back the Derek Parking questions. Most yeah. of my time at Wolves, I played Derek Parking. I played with him in the same team. That's why I knew Derek Parkins, the Derek Parkin questions. But the, the area you're talking about, there was a famous Wolves player that went to my school. Do you know and the answer one, to the question? When we won the cup in 1908. Right, yes. I wasn't at the school at the same time with him, though. That was the only problem. I'm not surprised, Mel, because it was 120 years ago. Or, well, 115 years ago. What are you going? 0506, 1516, 2526, or 3031? No one's going to blame you. You're going for 1516. Is that what you're going for? Yeah. You've hit the crossbar. It is 1905-06. Craig, I can't believe this, but if you score this penalty, don't, don't even you'll go be tied. These bloody questions are rock hard. You, I'm sorry, I'm just reading them out of the In which what? season did Wolves win their first... In fact, I'll tell you what, I'll go off this one. We'll go on. No, no, you. no, no, go on. Their first one. Yeah. Are you sure? Go on. Okay, in which season did Wolves win their first league title, title the third division north? Was it 1921 22-1923-1923-24-1923-24-1923-24-1923-24-1923-24-1923-24-1923-24-1923-24-1923-24-1923-24-1923-24-1923-24-1923-24-1923-24-1923-24-1923-24-1923-24-1923-24-1923-24-
You've won it once. So this could be your opportunity. There you go. Lewis is going to... This, if Lewis, if you don't get this right, it goes to a three-way sudden death between Chelsea and Wolves legend Meleves. If you win it, okay. you won Lewis. So it's all on this. I'm not being funny, but this is an FA Cup final penalty shootout to win the <laughs> FA Cup for Wolves. So there's no pressure. But other than that, it's nice and easy. Right. In which year, in which season, did the John Island near the Steve Bull stand open? Was it? 78, 79, 79, 80, 80, 81, or 81, 82. I did it. I was at the club. No, don't, don't start, Mal. I was at the I'm club then, and I don't get that question. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you we, picked the we numbers. We get turn of the century, and Lewis gets the blooming easy ones because we signed Andy Gray not long after. Look, I know I look old, but 1905, you're having a laugh. <laughs> you said you went to school then? Yeah, yeah, yeah Mal. Lewis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lewis, Lewis, Lewis. Have you Sorry, Lewis, I'm, I'm, I'm w w w quiet because it's Lewis's question. Sorry, Lewis. Sorry, Lewis. Yeah, apologies. <laughs> it's all right, lad. You're, Dave, you're going to have to give me the dates again. Okay, that's uh, 78, 79, 79. Um, 80, 80, 81, or 81, 82? I'm going to go um, 78, 79. You're going for 78, 79. Blooming out, Lewis. You've hit the ball brilliantly well, but you've hit the goalkeeper in the face and it's bounced out. Uh, so, after three penalties, Craig scored none. Uh, oh, yeah, the answer. Um, You're going to ask me because it was the 79, 80 season. Yeah, it is. 79.80. So, I've got to find... Um, I could probably tell you the freaking day it's opened. <laughs> you can tell me if you want. I'm looking for um, I'm looking for a question now, um, which is going to be the, uh, the decider. 1998 onwards. I'm going to be looking for a... I'm looking for a question. Hold on. I'm looking for a question. <laughs> what, what that involves 1891 uh, or something? <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, right. this is the, the, the 1880 81 season. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm look, I've yeah. got a question in mind. I'm just looking for another option here, which is going to be a nearest to. Hold on, this could be the one. This could be the one. Let's just look at that. Are, are you being a skinflint? You, sh you should be able to share it. You should be able to share gold medals here. Well, we've got to have a, we've got to have a winner. It's the, it's the law. Oh, have, have you? Have you? And I'm going to go, okay, we're going to go with... We can't share the podium. You can't share the podium. No, we've got to have an outright winner. It's the law. I'm just looking for... Is that your law? I'm not oh, happy with your rules here. here you go. Oh, no, we can't do that one because that's Derek Parkin, so we can't do that one. Uh, <laughs> we can't do that one. Um, cause... You can ask the Derek Parkin questions again, are you? I'm, gonna, I'm looking for a, a nearest... Oh, you hold on. Here we go. You see, whatever whatever question you ask, if you ask an older question, I'm going to be favourite. So it's these youngsters are going to be miffed. If you ask a more up to date question, then um, that's probably going to be better because they're they're going to they're probably going to have a better chance of knowing it. I know I might, but the older questions, I doubt whether they're going to know, are they? All right. Well, well we're going to go with know this as well as me anyway. Put it that way. We're going to we're going to go with uh, with this one if I can find it again there. So the question is, and it's a it's a nearest to answer. 
And Chelsea, you do get to go first on this one. What is Wolves' longest unbeaten run of games? And it's the nearest two gets it right. Longest unbeaten run. No, I'm serious. I'm taking this. Um... <laughs> you're, you're amazed how serious you're taking it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh... Can't believe them questions. Come There's on, Chelsea. Go with no, it. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I think. What are you going for? It's going to sound really negative, but I think seven. That's... You're going to say Wolves' longest unbeaten run is seven? <laughs> My head in the, whole, in the whole of their history, in the whole of their hundred odd years, <laughs> are you the two that's going to be your final answer? Mm. Hang on. And they've won obviously a lot of championships. The teams that win championships uh, do okay. go on beat. Yeah. 13. You're going to go 13. Okay. Well, well Dave. I have to say clearly, yours is not. I'll only take your first answer, is it really? No, you know? I'm just. No, I'm, no seriously, we've got, I'm just like trying to be out uh, there. Mel, it's your turn next because you're next up. What's Wolves' longest unbeaten run? Chelsea's gone with 13. It's nearest to. What are you going with? Really building this, isn't he? Th 33. You're going for 33. Lewis, it's on you. So 13, 33. Who's going to get um, this? Unbeaten. Um, unbeaten. I think 33 is a bit high. You know, I, I like the optimism, but I think it's a bit high. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go 18, Dave. You're going for 18? Yeah. I can tell you that the, uh, the podium positions tonight, bronze medal position... And third place in the quiz on the sudden death with 33 is Wolves legend Mel Eves. Ooh. 33. So, the young guns, is it Lewis or is it Chelsea? And the winner is, guessing within three, Lewis. You got it with, it actually is 21 uh, games and uh, you got closest with 18. Chelsea, you come in second. Mel, uh, I'm, I'm sorry about that old question, mate. That you know that cocked you out there. It was a difficult one, but it was good fun. And Lewis, uh, you come out on top tonight. And Craig, thank you for taking part. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the wonderful questions, Dave. I'll get me great, I mean... great, 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 great granddad on <laughs> next time. All all, 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 I'll say is that um, I don't know how I'm gonna, I'm gonna recover from, um, you know, only getting a bronze medal. I've, I've just, it's kind not. of, uh, 
you'll have to get onto Daz Isle at WM and just say you, you, you need something to build me confidence up before, before I, uh, I go on to WM again. can I ask you a again. question? Oh. Will you come back on another time and do the quiz again for a laugh? Pardon? Will you come and do it again for a laugh? Yeah, just got to check out your, the quality of your questions, though, Daz. Absolutely, Matt. Absolutely. You, said, you all have Absolutely. a chance to go I mean, first, second, third, or fourth. Uh, what are the questions like, mate? That's not true. I didn't get a chance. You asked Chelsea, Mel, and Lewis. You told me I, where I was going. Yeah, because oh, that's because you're like the longest. And the other, the other, uh, the other thing is, the other thing is, you ask her the questions. Usually, it's oh, and for a bonus, for a bonus point, can anybody yeah. know it? Because I know Absolutely. all the the other questions Absolutely. as well. Okay, Absolutely. I thought that was out of order. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's development. That is, Dave. That's okay. a development, okay. that's a development point in okay. your appraisal from Mel. Because you usually you 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 watch all of this you is all of this is no seriously this is a bonus watch, point whatever question. you'll go and for it for a, a bonus one-off, point a one-off you, bonus point there, Mel. this is the longest <laughs> extra time I've ever done but this is a one-off bonus point question okay yeah right. What did Wolfie, first person to shout out, gets the answer right, yeah? That's the three pigs down in Bristol City. Okay, we'll forget that question then. <laughs> we'll get that forget, we'll get that question. Uh, was that what it was? It was what was your answer? He bashed the three pigs down at Bristol City. Yeah, yeah, fight with them. So there you go. Um, okay, Here's a, if you can shout this that's one really, out as well. Is that a, that's a really good football question, that, to be fair. It, it really is. Any, I, I do think that any Wolves fan should know the answer to this question, right? Even though it's going back to 1987, it is a right of passage to know this. the oh, answer. Bit, to, this. To, to be honest, that's a long time ago now. Yeah, so you've got to shout out the answer, right? Right. At what Wolves away game did a fan fall through the roof of a standing oh, right. in 87? Yeah. Oh, opening game of the season, Scarborough, yeah. It was Scarborough, yeah. 2 2 final result. Uh, okay. Um, okay. One final question then. What are you laughing at, Lewis? <laughs> How many former Wolves playing <laughs> legends and statues outside of Molly? So, again. Yeah. They got the fact that somebody Two. actually fell through the roof. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. How many former Wolves playing legends have, have statues outside of mine? Two. Correct. There you go. Do you feel better now, Mel? No, I mean, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, my, I mean, congratulations to Lewis and Chelsea on getting the gold and silver. But um, you know, I'm Luke Lewis, your brother's just I'm, I'm, I'm very I'm very honored to actually get I'm very honored to be on the podium because uh, I feel sorry for Craig not getting Thank on the you. podium. Thank you, Mel, we are Thank going to be you, running um during January a quiz for any for, for all the pundits to, and maybe a few others to get involved on the channel, and I'm gonna get you on for that, and it'll be across all different things. So uh, we're going to set up a date and you're going to come because January is a bit quiet. Lucas is Lewis's brother. He said, Dave, it's Lewis's bedtime now. He won the quiz, so he's going into retirement. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Guys, 
Final, yeah, final just, thing to finish with. Bell final out to thing. the top, Lewis. Final mm. thing. Score prediction for Everton, Chelsea. 2 0 oh. Wolves. And have you enjoyed it? It's been fun. <laughs> Good. Uh, score prediction for Everton, Lewis. Uh, the time for me and Lucas. He asked me to pass it on. We're both going 1 1. 1 1. Okay. Uh, charismatic score one prediction, nil, Everton. Mate. Wolves. 1 0 Wolves. And Wolves legend, Mel Eves, what's your score prediction? I'm going the same as Craig, 1-0. One 1-0 nil. One nil Wolves. 1-0, absolutely. And you'll have to wait to watch my preview for my score prediction. A big thank you again uh, to Creation Wolf for powering the show. Don't forget to check out the uh, the link to them in the description below. Also, uh, the NordVPN offer. And, of course, you've got the link to Foco. And if, if you don't want to do that, you can get your phone and scan it on the screen as well. Chelsea, thank you for making your full debut. It's been fun. I thought you did fantastic. A silver medal on the podium in the quiz as well. You can you can always have that with you, that you, you've got the silver medal on the quiz over a Wolves legend. That's something that you can take with you forever, you know. And uh, Lewis, Craig, and all the rest of the, uh, the guys that have come on tonight, thank you so much for joining. It's been a record extra time. Uh, but, hey, we've had a lot to talk about. Until the next one. From all of us, Happy New Year. Always Wolves. Always Wolves. Always Wolves. Cheers, guys. Thank you. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans.